The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, happy San Diego Comic Con Day to you and yours. I am your host, Roddy Cat. Uh, you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn. One agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? B.I.G. This is what we're feeling today. So... Here we go. Is Brooklyn in the house without a doubt? That's right. Represent BK to the fullest. Um, you can. There you go. Waiting for that. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's CSPN dot US. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast brutal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, and of course, every Thursday night you can find us recording on uh, twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles and youtube.com slash the click nation. Make sure to click like and subscribe and give us all the good reviews. Oh, yeah. And apparently there are podcasts, other podcasts, uh, ad- aggregate places, places out there that we probably show up on. Hey, if we're there, give us some, some good reviews. That can't do anything but help. Absolutely. All right, folks, we are going to get into books because we don't have any um, um, uh, MCU properties, or at least not in, in live action form, to deal with uh, this week. Right. Um, so we are going to get into books with... AXE Judgment Day, number one. One second. Mm-hmm. One second. Sorry, I had a little accident behind the scenes here, folks, with a pencil cup. All right. AXE Judgment Day, number one, is written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Valerio Schiti, colors by Marte Gracia, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So if you have not been keeping up with either... The X-Men, like the main X-Men books. And when I say the main X-Men books, it would probably be like X-Men and maybe Immortal mm-hmm. and probably r- recently the Hellfire Gala special. And the Eternals series, you're kind of missing out on some of the setup, right? The Avengers are here just as like uh, an extra set of combatants, really. Yeah. You know, they're kind of stuck in the middle. And, you know, you're not having, you know, if you're not familiar with or if you're not reading the main Avengers book, you're not 
going to need the, any of that information, really. Right. You know, hardly any of that information to process what's going on in AXE Judgment Day. But if you're not familiar with uh, uh, what's going on in the most recent Eternal series or what's going on in the current X-Men series, you'll get up to speed pretty quickly in this issue. And I think that's a strong point. That is, a, that is definitely a strong point for this uh, uh, series in general is that they set the stage and they set the stakes very quickly. And they establish you don't need to have read the zero issue that came out. I think it was last week. Yes. Right. It's not necessary, but it's helpful. But if you just read this issue, they still basically reset the stage for everything. They give you all the players on that first, you know, on, on that first uh, uh, page that has like a uh, 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 a yearbook photo and their name <laughs> underneath. And basically, you're introduced to all the players in the issue, and that's welcome for anyone who's jumping into this uh, without that context that I was provide that that I was uh, talking about earlier. Right. And uh, you know, we're we're only going to go into mild spoilers because if you're not familiar with that, you have to understand that the Eternals have come up with, or at least certain Eternals have come up with a reason to make enemies of the X Men, and that. It, it revolves around a revelation from the recent issues of the X-Men book. So um, everything sort of follows from there. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about this, so like you said, uh, the, the Avengers are kind of just there, which I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they're feeling like you can't really have an event book of this type without the Avengers being involved even though there has been past history of, of the Avengers either causing the event or, you know, basically doing something that, uh, that, that um, puts their involvement in it. I guess in, in right. this, in this way, there's a kind of a twofold reason and actually kind of funny. It goes back to the hell of high gala re um, book from last week, because I think I saw somebody saying on, on Twitter is like, yeah, this is the reason why people think the Avengers are the cops. Right. And they're and they're kind of acting like that in this uh in this issue, uh and, and in the Hellfire Gala uh as I as I've finally um read more thoroughly, um, mm -hmm. but that being said, it's like okay, so yeah, they're kind of just here trying to, they're basically here trying to tr trying to traffic trying to cop you know what's going on between these other two, um, these other two factions, right. You know, you know, they're they're basically rapping. You know, you're headed for self destruction. <laughs> you know, basically. you know, they're all like, stop the violence. Right. You know, that's what the Avengers are in this issue. You know, in this in this particular setting. Right. So, and any other time, they would have been like, like I said, either the direct cause of something happened, or right. like the and, instigator or the right. victim. Right. And in this case, they kind of they kind of started something because. You know, they got it in their heads to believe that, okay, well, y'all are up to something, so we need to f find out what it is. So instead of just going up to their former teammate, you know, they decided to use some, you know, use some methods that they've kind of done before. Just like, no, nope, we're just going to just going to sweep in here uh, uh, and, and interrogate you uh, homicide life on the street style and, and, <laughs> and to... <laughs> And, and and try to get you know try to figure out what's going on so we can stop right 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 i was about to say you know what uh, 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 a good friend recommended that i watch the uh the 2000s reboot of battlestar galactica yes 
and I, you know, it's it's my first time ever going through it, and there are scenes of um, uh, waterboarding, and obviously it's a commentary on the Iraq War and on yes. the on the Afghanistan War, mm-hmm. and it made me laugh when I was looking at this. I'm like, oh, okay, so we're still dealing with you know like. Uh, you know, war crimes and um, uh, enhanced uh, interrogation tactics. Mm-hmm. I got a kick out of that. You know, seeing seeing that parallel here a little bit. Yeah, PSG. Wait, how far in are you? Just out of, on the side out, or have you? I'm, started? I'm pretty deep in now. I've been watching for a little while now. Like, uh, you finished season one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I know. You could, well, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm, I'll be curious to see what you think after you finish the series. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so back to so so back to uh, all. I, all I have to say about it is that I was very disappointed that the one Asian actress. I know. Turns out, I'm like, come on. <laughs> Believe me, I and I haven't seen that actress and stuff before. I was like, oh man, are you fucking shitting me? Why? You know, I'm like seriously. I, like I mean, her. obviously, like I've seen the character evolve. Sorry for the sorry for the tangent, folks. I'm ranting no, no. now. This is great. I've this seen great. the character evolve into like a different going and go in a different and complex direction. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I get that. But seriously, you know, seriously, that's all I gotta say. Should I, just keep watching. Yeah, that's all I'm I, gonna say about that. But I, yeah, but I hated that too. Because like, because it was the last person I suspected that was going to be a, a silent spoiler alert, uh, folks, for right. a, a decades old show almost. But yeah, this no, is a, this, not decades old, but close. Well, close enough. Um, but yeah, I, I she was the last is. one. It is. I apologize. I apologize. It is. Uh-huh. It is because uh, right, uh, a like, decade. I think it started in what oh eight. Yeah. Or. Right. So yeah, yeah, so a decade is more than well, more than a decade has passed since that started. So yeah. yeah. So um but yeah, but but at any rate though. So it was like, yeah, I was like just to, anyway, like so we were on the cuz I that show is good until it's not. I'll that's all I'll say. On yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. But anyway, getting back so, to AXE yes. Judgment Day number 1. Um I think that uh uh did you have anything to add to, you know, like the overall setup? Because I felt like the setup was strong. I, I, I got a chance. I, you know, I really dug that they, that they had Cap come and be like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. Because right. he's Cap. Right. You know? Uh, in, and, um, you know, that the, the, uh, the, uh, the events that are transpiring in X-Men run right into, it was almost like a setup for this. Oh, yeah. It was like, which I guess, especially, I guess, coming out of Immortal because Karen Gillan, the writer of this, is also, I guess, the, the one that's writing this whole thing and also writing Eternals, so mm-hmm. pretty much uh, rolled that down the lane. And I, I like how you, you mentioned Cap because it was like good Cap, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> the way they were playing it, I was like, alright, I've seen this playbook before. It was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, but outside of that, yeah, I don't know. Like this is, this is pretty much putting the uh, putting all the pieces on the board as as if it were, they weren't already. I don't know where this is going, you know, because anytime there's a there's an event like this, especially going back to say, I guess this is kind of up there or down there with uh, X Men versus Inhumans in a kind of a way, right? So, but just with more players on the board, right? Uh, but I feel like there's there's something there that is similar to this, and even though I don't think we're going to get something anywhere near as what came out of that, because that's when the Inhumans pretty much, if I'm not mistaken, that's when the Inhumans pretty much cropped up more because of the um uh because of what happened in, in that thing. Mm-hmm. But 
Like, I don't know where they're trying to go with this or whether they're going to try to get anything out of this, but, you know, the whole X-Men Resurrection thing is kind of out in the world now, and that's kind of an impetus, which is kind of a spoiler, but kind of not, because that's been in the last couple of weeks of X-Men books, so... My uh, goodness, this is going until November? Yes, yes it is. That's, and which is why, which was my point in saying all of that, because it's like, this is going to be a long-running event to not do anything. If it, if it's, Hopefully it's going to come up into something far-reaching, but I kind of doubt it, is what I'm saying. But we're only just starting, so there's no telling. Yeah, there's a checklist at the back of this book, folks, that yes. lays, and we've seen this checklist, I think, in the Zero issue as well. Yes. And I just didn't look that carefully at it. But we, there, you know, this is a, 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 a not necessarily a line wide event, <clears throat> but it definitely crosses into the X corner. Um, Fantastic of, Four, it of, goes of a lot of universe. Places. It does right. It does touch upon some of the other books, but definitely uh, goes into the uh, the Avengers corner. Uh, I mean, not that there's many Avengers books on, except for uh, Avengers Forever, but and that's off on its own because I mean, of, because of the multiverse spanning story. Yeah, if you're counting Savage, with a doubt it, because they're off in a, they're right. off in their own thing. Right. So it's really mostly the X books because there is no ongoing Eternal book, Eternals book right now. And you know, right. like it touches on. There's an issue of Amazing Spidey. It touches on and FF, like you said, two issues actually of FF. Wait, did Eternals end? Was that the la- that last issue was the last book? I don't know if it ended, but it definitely I think went on hiatus for this because oh, okay, I think gotcha. Aaron Gillen was writing this right. and and Eternals. Correct. So. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, either way, we're we're in for a long ride, folks. We'll we will be keeping touches. We have no choice because it's going to touch some books that we we are reading one way, whether we exactly. like it or not. Yeah, books that we would normally read, you know, month in and month out, anyway. Which is why I kind of I know I've said this before in the past, but it's been a long time, so I kind of hate stuff like this. If it wasn't already touching stuff that I was already reading, um. Yeah, that's a problem for me because it was like I hate it when it was like here's an event that I didn't care about that's touching something that I do care about and right. it kind of throws things off. Right. Um, but it just so but happens because in we've this been case. right because we've been reading X Men right we, we we almost can't avoid this and Avengers yeah and right exactly right, Which, right but 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 specifically more like the main X Men book right you know so anyway moving on moving uh, on. Uh, Moving on. Oh, shoot, I'm uh, looking for President Bartlett. What's next? You um, want to just cover Avengers? You know what? I didn't read Avengers, so. Oh, okay. All right. That's, so, like I said, there's a lot of have... stuff I, I totally forgot about. I totally forgot they had to come out until I, and I saw it when I pulled the the, uh, the, the thing. I'm looking for other stuff that we have in common. All right. So, how about Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings number one? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So yeah, and and you can tell that this book wasn't was not exactly overwhelmingly uh, positive to either myself or Roddy Cat, but uh, you know it was a good shot at it. Yeah. Uh, Shang Chi and the Ten Rings number one is written by Jean Luen Yang with art by Marcus To, colors by art uh, by Eric Arseniega, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So uh, this is uh, this is definitely. I don't want to say obviously, but definitely a follow-up to the previous volume of Shang-Chi. And now we have had the official MCU-ification of the Shang-Chi character at the end of the previous limited series. And we are neck deep in it now with 
the reappearance of uh, Razor Fist, um, Shang-Chi uh, having some fun, uh, I think, in the streets of San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right, yes. And uh, a gigantic connection to Talo. Yep. Now, I not to poo-poo this too terribly much, because it was not a terrible issue. Like, it did actually have some, you know, the, the, the fight with Razor Fist was, was pretty good. You, but at the same time, I couldn't help but think, it was like, wow, this is kind of kind of how the movie went. <laughs> like one of the first uh, folks he went up um he, he went up against in the movie was Razor Fist. Um and end end up with the the Ten Rings. Just like in the thing. Kind of kind of short shrift, but whatever. So like I said, to this book's credit, the action in it was actually pretty good. Like it started off with a with a pretty good fight, and it was like, okay, this is almost some classic Chang Chi fighting you know, that we get to see in the beginning of this before the other fight happened, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. that, in, that does involve the Ten Rings and, and the, I guess the impetus of why, uh, why the, uh, the change in the title, uh, right. because, uh, apparently there's, um, you know, Shang-Chi's going through something with the Ten Rings. That's, that's, we'll leave it at that so that people can discover right. that from, for, from themselves. Other, and outside it, of it also that. Turns, right. And, and I would add that it also turns out, and Roddy Cat may have just about to have been able, may have been just about to say this. Mm. It turns out that these artifacts, these Ten Rings, are known in the Marvel yes. Universe and they are sought after by nefarious groups, a.k.a. Hydra, the Hand. Some other ones that were just made up. But, you know, when you see Hydra in the hand pursuing the same goal, that's usually not a good thing. Right. Yeah, like, this is a bunch of groups. Yeah, and I think that other group, that was was from the last run of of Shang-Chi. So, uh, like you said, made up. uh, Mm -hmm. Because I don't recall them being around in any significant form. So, yeah, so that's pretty much set up where this uh, volume of Shang-Chi is going to go, and he's at this point by himself. We don't know if the rest of the five, five families that he was with um, uh, in the last volume is going to come back uh, for this, but we know that. I, I assume they're kind of moving and out of stuff. We know that his old uh, ex girlfriend is going to come into play next issue or something, right? Uh, but that's pretty much all we know now. I don't know. Like I said, for now, we're probably I, I can't speak for eight to seventy, but probably going to keep keep uh, a tab on this for at least another issue or two to see if anything significant um, happens. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I'd like to see, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hate the, the MCUification of, um, uh, of, <laughs> of, of comics now and this character specific, specifically, which we've gone over in the past. So we don't necessarily have to go over right. it again. Right. Um, the problem is we understand why. Yes. That's the worst part. The worst exactly. part is that we understand why we it's just, you know, we we're we're too old. <laughs> but we don't we understand why, but we don't have to like it. Right, exactly. You know, like we we ju- we we understand. I mean, uh, Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, basically. So, which I guess in, in contrast to but well, I guess that's probably something we'll talk about later in contrast to what DC may or may not be doing uh, with uh, certain properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, we'll talk about that uh, later. Right. 
so we so actually guess... only have one more book in common. Damn it, I didn't read my No, two more two more books in common, actually. Yeah. I apologize. No, no, that's fine. We could do we could do uh one morning go wrap it. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything to She-Hulk number five? So I kind of wanted to address that just for a second. You uh, want to just do it real quick? Yeah, why not? Because All right, so I am, She-Hulk number five. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, She-Hulk number five. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll just run through it and then I'll let you take over. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll run through the credits. She-Hulk number five is written by Rainbow Rowell, Rowell with art by Luca Maresca, co- uh, collar art by Rico Renzi, and letters by our favorite lettering Python, of course, VC's Joe Caramagna. Take it away, Roddy Cat. So the the question that Agent 70 just posed, I had that when I finished reading this. And don't get me wrong, it's not because I'm not enjoying the book, because I have been, but I'm sitting here like, and, I've, I've, and I hate the fact that I've gotten to this point in, in a lot of stuff. So it was like, well, where is this going? Because I've said before, it's about the journey. You know, enjoy the ride. We'll get there when we get there. It's just that we've been reading a lot of stuff that's, one, either been taking a long time to get get to where it's going or doesn't seem like it's going anywhere for right. the journey to be uh, enjoyable. I don't feel like this is the case in any way, but, I'm, but I am kind of wondering, like, well, where is this going? Because we know, well, I believe we know that this is not a ongoing series this is a limited series which i thought this was going to be the last issue but it's not uh this so by that saying like this issue kind of goes into a introducing something else that is a that was kind of away from where this started so it started with um of of jen and jack and jack of hearts meeting back up and her trying to help him out which still hasn't really been in the headway on that but also, it's, this issue is introducing, possibly introducing, this other couple that, I don't know, maybe they're supposed to be the contrast to to She-Hulk, to, to Jen and uh, um, Jack of Hearts. We don't, I don't know. But they've introduced this couple to, as if they were uh, linked to this other thing that we just discussed with Jack of Hearts, which it doesn't seem like to be at this point. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. Um, and obviously, Chiyoko's get, getting a book now, which I, I'm, I'm fine with because of the fact of the, uh, the the MCU show that is coming out next month. So any chance to see She-Hulk in a book, I'm fine with. But I'm just, like I said, just kind of curious as to what's going to come out of this um, book. Outside of a hopefully fun, you know, She-Hulk story. But right now, it's like, well, what what is this? What is this coming up with, and why is this, you know, what is this about? So I don't know if you had that same uh, thought. No, I, I, you know, everything, everything I was thinking parallels what you were. Mm-hmm. Everything. That's why I brought it up. That's exactly why I posed that state. I made that statement and posed that question right, right up front. I was like, what's right. the, what was the point of this story? What was the right. point of this issue? Right. Like, where are we going? Right, because it seemed like we were going one way, and then it's like, well, here's the thing that got introduced that seemed like it's either taking it another way or it's maybe going to wrap back around into what's going on. But at the point, we don't know, and it doesn't seem like it. So right. it just, just feels like something that just kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Um, and maybe maybe the next issue will put things into proper perspective. But it was pretty difficult from reading this issue to figure out what that might be and right. to even have the patience to wait for that. Kinda, and like I said, and that kind of like eighty seventy R of, of uh, we we've, we've read a of a certain vintage. We've read a lot of shit, like I said, of yeah. various speeds of uh, of uh, enjoyment 
Uh, right. <laughs> so listen, just just in the time that we've been doing this show, just in that time, we've read a lot. But we read a lot even before that. So you know, it's it's it's. I don't know if we're jaded. I don't know if we're just kind of like, come on, show us something. You know, to keep us interested. You know, I yeah. don't know if we've got to that point. I think but, we are there a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Ultimately, you know, we we do need to see a little bit of movement in the story to keep us engaged. Right. And we didn't get much of that here. And that's disappointing because I really enjoyed this book for the most part. But it seems like there's a couple of issues like this in this run so far. We're only five issues in. Right. Like for, the right. Part, for the most part, yeah, this, uh, the book has been fine. Like there's been some fun moments in this book. We've enjoyed and it was like, okay, well, they're, they're addressing something that surprised it had anything to do with anything that we end up seeing someplace else. But. All right, so the last thing we have in common is Maestro World War M number five. And we can yes. probably cover this very quickly because yes. the, it is a pretty quick read. It's written by Peter David with uh, guest art by Sebastian Cabrol, uh, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VCs Ariana Mayer. So I always tease Roddy Cat about the fact that he has he still has yet to read Hulk Future Imperfect the seminal two-issue limited series by Peter David and the late, great, incredible George Perez, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's, what's, what's comforting to me here, reading this last issue, in what has become a trilogy of maestro uh, books, that Peter David has come out with over the last couple several, you know, over the last couple of years, let's say, um, is that while there's plenty of setup, you're not really spoiling anything. You know, there's minor spoilers here and there, but it's really more setup. These three limited series have served as setup so that at the end of this issue, there actually is. Uh, to be continued in the pages of Hulk Future Imperfect. So I really appreciated that. And I will allow Roddy Cat to speak to what happens in the issue. But I wanted to just uh, start off by saying that I really appreciate that Peter David, you know, really treated these three miniseries as set up for Hulk Future Imperfect and didn't necessarily spoil everything and every everything and anything in Hulk Future Imperfect itself. So allow Roddy Cat a chance to actually enjoy those two issues. Go ahead. <laughs> so yes, this is the last issue of this book, and this is the last time Agent Seventy can pick at me about not reading Future Imperfect because of <laughs> because of this. This is the last of the issue and the last of this trilogy. So yay for that. And actually, to this book's credit and to this trilogy's credit, it has actually I'm actually kind of glad I didn't read uh future imperfect before this because knowing what i know now from the three, three trilogies going into this like granted if this wasn't a thing I, whether i would have read it before unless it would have come up on a on, on a uh something we would have we would have uh, in in the episode we would have done if we had gone over that uh which i don't even think we had uh future imperfect on our list did we i don't think so only because it was a two-issue thing right. i think we were really focused on like major events right you know, we were, you know, we did Kree Scroll War, you know, we I mean, did. we did, you know, we did like big things that neither of us were either all that familiar with or had read a long time ago. Right. You know, so. But go but, on. 
I still kind of wish we did uh, Days of Future Past, though. That that was only a couple of issues. We, that would have been good. But anyway, regardless, coming back to this, like I said, I'm kind of glad I didn't read it because um, reading this, uh, reading this has kind of, in a way, given me a curiosity to actually read it, uh, Future Imperfect. But, um, but at the same time, I also see it for what it was, like, or what I believe it is, because all of these Peter David things that uh, have been like basically old stories, uh, new old stories, to basically, as Age of Seven would say, retcon or just kind of adding to the history of a certain thing. Like, I, it kind of goes back to what we just said. It was like, well, where is it going? What is it supposed to do? Well, what is what is it supposed to do is already out there. It's been out there for like a good 20, what? 20, 20 years or so, 20, 30 years. I don't know how old uh, Peter, it, it's been a long, long time. It's been a while. Yeah. So, well, probably close to 30 years. Maybe yeah. not quite, but definitely between 20 and like 25 and 30. Right. So, and I, I, I have to, and I'm saying all that because it's like, well, these, it's kind of meaningless because of that. But at the same time, like this is Marvel's uh, what 80th anniversary this year. And, you know, revisiting old stories has kind of been a thing that they've been doing this, uh, this year, which in some cases, like, you know what? I'm glad this is, this is a good thing to re- revisit for whatever one reason or another. So I, I'm happy for this. Like, but, um, uh, featuring perfect as a, as a story that I have not read before. Um, at least I, well, I started. Let me phrase that. That one plus splash, the splash page was pretty good, but I, that's probably as far as I got. Um, was interesting enough to make me want to come back to. But I think this particular story and everything leading up to this has led me more so to want to read it than just going off of, you know, the fact that it was a, a two issue book that was in its own way seminal for what it was. Right, you know, screw my recommendation. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. No, I'm that's kidding, not even... <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I kid, I kid, I kid. <laughs> but, no, in all seriousness, I'm glad. I'm glad that the way this ended really does give Roddy Cat some impetus uh, towards reading uh, Hulk Future Imperfect. All right, so I think we can spin up rapid fire here. I believe so. I, I ain't got time to read. <laughs> Um, um, you want me to lead off? Yeah, because I think yeah, I think you I've got more fewer books. books I have books, less books. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, Avengers number fifty-eight is written by Jason Aaron, with art by Javier Garon, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So um, I really appreciate this issue because it, uh, you know, it's it's obviously the Avengers on their time-spanning journey to you know to uh, to gather the multiversal Avengers. They, uh, a couple of Avengers find themselves in Edo-era Japan. And, of course, you know, if you think of that era, you think of samurai. Uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, as a big fan of Lone Wolf and Cub, you know, this is something I've talked about over and over again on this show. You know, this is, a, this is an era of Japanese history that I am very familiar with, just based on that and having read some other background reading. And, you know, this was just a really entertaining issue it involves a lot of the present-day avengers just on their uh time-spanning journey as mephisto kind of leads them through uh the muck of uh time travel 
you know, during, you know, as the, uh, the multiversal Avengers are uh, essentially being assembled or at least protected. That's the, that's the, uh, the, the premise that they're using right now. So I really enjoyed this issue. It was actually really close to being, it may still actually be a candidate for click of the week for me because I just enjoyed reading it. Next up is Iron Man number 21. It's written by Christopher Cantwell with art by uh, Angel Angel Anzueta. Colors by Frank Darmada and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So uh, Christopher Cantwell has taken uh, Tony Stark out of uh, rehab like, uh, like Amy Winehouse. Rest in peace, Amy Winehouse. Um, and put Tony back amongst the people in a certain sense. Uh, but something happens in this issue that leads to... I guess the best way to phrase it is some more MCUification of Iron Man and his story. You know, and the biggest hint I can put in here is that uh, James Rhodey Rhodes is involved. Right? It's not a direct corollary, but there is a definite parallel to the MCU here in this story. Next up is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 40. I'm surprised Roddy Cat didn't read this. Yeah, so am I. But there's a good, like, a, that in Avengers I didn't get to, sadly. Right. It's written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Alberto Foce, or Foque, uh, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VC's Travis Lanham. So, uh, you know, uh, some more multiversal hijinks with uh, uh, Miles and Shift. Uh, rescuing uh, the person who was powering the uh, that um, that force field, that 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 that, that gigantic um, uh, uh, force shield that was uh, separating uh, Salim's Brooklyn from the rest of the world and the rest of New York City, and there are you know and hijinks ensue basically you know as Miles Shift and the Brooklyn Rebels are fighting against Salim's forces. That's essentially the gist of this issue. There's plenty of action. There's plenty of movement. And there is a setup to what might be... Yeah, actually, it does say it's the conclusion of this Empire of the Spider story arc. And that is it for me, because we covered the rest of my books. Gotcha. All right. So for myself, we're going to start off with... Batman, Superman, uh, World's Finest, number five. And this is, um, I guess you could say this is the end of this arc, uh, because the at the end of this, the Devil Neza has been taken care of in, in a very, I would say, kind of sneaky way, but also, it's like, okay, um, Props to Wade for writing himself in, in, in and out um, of this, but hey, hey, that's what good writers do. Uh, but also, it was one that kind of came up in this issue, not to think about it. Um, but um, but it leads off into the uh, next uh, next arc. Well, actually, excuse me, it leads off into two things. It leads off into, um, um, I think it must be another book. Uh, because at the end of this issue, uh, which was written by Mark Wade, uh, 
um, uh, art by Dan Mora, colors by Tamara Bonvillain, and letters by Aditya Bibdikar, um, ends with uh, something with a note saying to be continued in Batman versus Robin, because in the course of this uh, arc, uh, Robin, I believe it was Tim, uh, not Tim Drake, I believe it was, um, um, uh, I believe it was uh, Dick Grayson, uh, Robin, because I think this is set in a past. Uh, um, they don't they don't really give a time frame from this, but there, there was a Robin involved, and I believe it was Dick. Um, uh, judging by the costume, uh, but he was lost in time, and uh, like I said, uh, he's still lost in time at the end of this issue. Spoiler alert! Because of something that happened uh, a couple of issues or last issue uh, with him and uh, Supergirl. So that is leading to, I believe, a book called uh, Batman versus Robin. And at the end of this issue, we see where Robin is, even if Batman and Superman don't know. But it is also going into the next issue, which is starting off a new arc um, that I believe we did had a story about um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, which I won't need to, don't need to get into until we uh, uh, get into that again. So I was a pretty interesting uh, end to uh, that this arc, and I'm not sure if I will pick up that Batman versus Robin, but I am kind of curious about it whenever it uh, happens to pop up. So we'll see. Next book, uh, Black Adam, number two. And I know there's been some people that have been wanting me to talk, or at least there's one person who wanted me to talk about this. And here we are. Um, written by Christopher Priest, art by Rafa Sandoval, uh, colors by Matt Herms and letters by Willie Sherbert, Schubert. Excuse me. So, folks, uh, in the the last uh, issue, the first issue of this uh, twelve issue miniseries, uh, if I didn't say that, which I don't think I did, this is uh, we meet uh, Malik White, who is a med student posing as a uh, who we meet posing as a an actual doctor uh, when when uh, Adam uh, uh, comes into a hospital. Uh, for reasons which we won't get into, but uh, come to find out that uh, this Malik is a descendant of uh, Adam, Teth Adam, who's been around for like 5,000 years, so he's hired some folks, folks. Um, but we also find out that uh, Black Adam is dying, and this issue, issue two, is what when we find out, well, what we find out the cause of, but also we find out which has been said before that um he's got some beef uh with um dark side apparently um that may be related to that or and was actually before that now that I think about it um uh, if you th- if I think about some things that happened uh, in the the first issue but there is that the, the, the crux of this issue is uh, Adam trying to give um uh, trying to force uh Malik into taking his power, taking over the mantle of uh Black Adam or as as uh, as has been seen online the new name of uh of Malik's uh um Adam character let's put it this way which is also uh, a couple of funny gems that happened in this issue uh real quick was like there was a black versus white uh, thing that comes out uh, that that comes up that Malik talks about, which this character is is kind of a trip. I thought he was a little bit too much um, in the first issue, but I'm actually kind of liking this uh, character. And in 
in Priest faction, he actually kind of reminds me of uh, Everett Ross in in, um, in early on in the Black Panther book, who kind of had a similar tone to him, even though he was white and this, this character was black. But um, regardless, uh, Malik kind of was like, well, you know, why why does black equals bad and white equals good? In 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 the uh, you know what what makes that a thing? And it actually reminds me of uh, third base's uh, gas face where that comes up. If you know the song, you know the you know the uh, quote I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so said, the crux of this issue is um, is as um, Adam trying to trying to um, give Malika's powers because of uh, some need for redemption. Uh, and we see something happen with Adam that apparently is going to um uh we'll we'll see the results of next issue um that, that's pretty much all I want to say so so as not give too much away but again this is another book that is out because of the fact that Black Adam is a um has a um has a movie coming out in this particular case, uh, and this has been in the news, so this is not less of a spoiler than you would think. But if it, it might be news to you, they're killing Black Adam, which this uh, issue kind of goes away into doing. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of Black Adam. Put it that way. It's been interesting so far, and um, I'm 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 going to keep up with this book uh, to, uh, for as long as it is continues to be uh, interesting. Next up. Uh, duo number three. I kind of want Agent Seventy to 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 check the book out, and not because of the fact that the uh, not just because of the act of the um, is a, is a mostly Asian uh, creative team and uh, main characters. Uh, I feel like this is something that they're going to make into something live action at some point. Like I feel like, especially with the way one of the main characters look, it just looks pretty familiar looking character let's just say that all right duo number three written by greg pock uh pencils by koi fam uh inks by scott Hanna, and uh colors by chris sotomayor so um so the two main characters david and kelly kelly who are sharing uh sharing a body are trying to figure that out because apparently when it's almost like a firestorm situation, except with the exception of um, it's one body and nobody and the bodies are not necessarily changing. If you know about firestorm, you 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 kind of get what I'm saying with that. Uh, uh, one conscious is driving at most of the uh, at all times, and the other one's in the back seat. The difference here is that the conscience in the back seat is disappearing. Uh, I guess due to lack of action seems like. So this issue is trying to, for them trying to figure out how to get, uh, how to one, deal with that, and two, how to get the one consciousness out into their own body. And they end up going to somebody that one of them doesn't trust, but they ended up meeting, a, uh, a, a, they ended up meeting a faction that's been after them for the last couple of issues, which I didn't think it was going to happen that fast. Uh, which leads to a disagreement between them and another faction coming in at the end. So I will leave folks to to um, to check that all out. And that uh, everything may or may not there's, there's something about that uh, something may or may not be what it seems to be, but we don't get that. Even though everything seems like it's played out, like, like yeah, this is pretty much cut and dry, but there's something still there that's like, huh. 
Not sure if that's what that's supposed to be. But regardless, interesting still nonetheless. Did we get a copy of this DC book? So when I looked at the books, I don't think we did, actually. Um, oh. and I, uh, or unless, unless because it might have been one of those situations where it might have came out later. I'm not entirely sure, so I, did, okay. so I forgot to ask. So it's something dirt. I'll have to backtrack on. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, we can, we can contact our sources. Yeah. And, well, we got we so we got the first couple of, we got the first couple of issues. This is the only one. Like I said, and I know we had there were some issues with DC books last week. So right. I don't know if this is caught up in that or whatever the case. But there was a couple of books that that uh, there's a couple of books that from DC that didn't show up in in, in, uh, in our regular got channel. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next book, Godzilla versus. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number four of five. Uh, story by Cullen Bunn, art by Freddie E. Williams II, colors by Andrew Dowhouse, letters by Johanna Natalie and Nathan Wittick. So um, at the beginning of this book, Scorpina and crew have the upper hand uh, with, uh, with uh, the, the Rangers and Godzilla, but they start turning the tides back around through some teamwork. Um, but of course, Rita, uh, in her inimitable style, like bring out more monsters. And of course, if you're going to bring out any of the, the famous monsters outside of Godzilla that you can't control, the, um, the one you go for is none other than Monster Zero, AKA King Ghidorah, take me to your leader, uh, who comes in and wrecks havoc, uh, on, for, for both sides, for everybody involved and control gets lost uh, quite easily and quite handily, and, uh, but it also, um, let's just say, loosens a couple of things up to um, to come back together in the next issue. Because at the end of this issue, it's pretty much all out, all out brawl between, between uh, all parties. Uh, well, mostly all parties, with the exception of one who's, who's going to come into play next issue i've been enjoying this uh uh book it's been fun so um if any fans of godzilla and or the the mighty for power rangers uh may want to check this out in fact we will have some more uh power rangers news in the the news later on let's see next up defenders beyond number one way too many covers I'll put this low. No, I'm not putting put that one. There we go. So this is uh the the new miniseries by um Al Ewing and uh Javier Rodriguez on Art the Art, along with Lee Garbett, who does some recap uh, art, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. So it took me this long, folks, to realize that um there's been a set of tarot cards that's been in play for these last couple of uh, Defenders um, uh, miniseries. And I just remembered that it, the, the, I think, believe those are the same tarot cards from the Avengers Defenders uh, miniseries from like last year. And I think I even asked, I was like, well, where this is going? And apparently that, as far as I know, was made to be in service for these next couple of defenders uh miniseries which pretty much uh teams of defenders get chosen uh for these cosmic missions by way of tarot cards and this particular issue is no um no uh, exception to that 
Now, that being said, uh, we see all the members come into place here, which is a motley crew if you if you uh, think about it. So you, if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover, but the team consists of uh, Doctor Strange is dead, so he's not a part of it, but he's a part of the book in a part of way. Um, a uh, part of the way because if he goes to uh, one last spell, quote unquote, goes to the Blue Marvel, then there's America Chavez. They have two have together in Ultimates before. Then we have a, two versions of, well, a version of Loki that, that we see twice. Uh, Tana, who's Galactus' mom, and Tigra. That is the team. But at the end of this issue, someone else shows up. Um, and, uh, at the corner, in the corner of, uh, this, uh, cover, it says, it's a mind blowing, uh, reveal of who comes in at the end of this, uh, issue. It's not, it's called defenders beyond. If you've been around Marvel for any length of time, specifically say a good two decades or so, you got an idea of who it is. And that does not even has anything to do with that Spider-Man beyond, um, uh, 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 that we covered uh, a few months ago. It's not it that Terry beyond. McGinnis, right? It's not Terry McGinnis, right? <laughs> it is de- also not Terry McGinnis because that is a whole different uh, universe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no you're good. You're Carry good because I thought about that also. Um, but yeah, so it has nothing to do with Spider-Man Beyond uh, and it definitely doesn't have anything to do with Terry McGinnis, even though that is a thing that's going on in, in a back book, back book I'm reading. Um but yes, so who shows up at the end of this book? You can figure that out. That is, that is cosmically, cosmically um, empowered and was a big threat back in the 80s. <laughs> I will say that. So if, if you're up on your Marvel, uh, Marvel lore, you kind of know who that is. Now, if you're newer to the game, yeah, you probably would know which... In that being case, you wouldn't know who that is anyway, so it's not going to be mind-blowing to you in that respect either, because you're going to be like, well, who is this person? I don't know. Like, maybe I just got into Marvel in the last 10 years or so. Like, right. who is this person in relation to me? Trust me, this person used to be a big deal and also slightly mischievous, um, looking at you, uh, Secret Wars 2, but... Yeah. um but uh yeah like I said, it wasn't that big a deal for someone some of another of a vintage as we are who right you can pretty much tell from the title who's going to show up <laughs> let's put it that way that being said it was an interesting uh read to try to put the team together together it is a weird very loose reasoning to put this team together but then again so it's the last couple so there's not that big of a surprise there but i'm gonna check it out regardless because it's uh al ewing and he's usually good for a good story uh, let's see. Last book I have is Star Wars number 25. And I'm sad to say this is the last book that I have because, um, there's been some other stuff that I've been trying to, that I've been wanting to read, uh, that we didn't get to. Uh, and another one that was actually in a Star Wars, uh, in Star Wars corner, which I guess we'll get some news on that. Star Wars number 25 written by, um, Charles Soule all the way through. It says four stories from the four different eras. Excuse me, from four different eras. Uh, there is one era that it's not from, and that's the High Republic era, now that I think about it. But Charles Soule has written it all. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because this is his 100th script, uh, Star Wars script to be specific, that's been published. He's, uh, there's a letter in the beginning of the book from um, Charles Soule that says, like, yeah, this is my 100th script. 
uh, he's written some other stuff that hasn't either seen, seen the light of day or, and or for one reason or another uh, hasn't been published either yet or at all. Uh, and the four stories that are here are stuff that didn't get released prior for one of reason or the other, whether it didn't fit or, you know, it wasn't the right place for it or some reason or that. So these are four stories that he's written uh, from the four eras that he's uh, that he's already written for. And two of them actually kind of complement each other, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, art by Ramon Romanos, uh, Rosanna, excuse me, Giuseppe Camacolo, Will Sliney, and Phil Noto on the different uh, stories. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg on one, uh, Arif Prianto and Guru EFX on three of them. Uh, and uh, inks by Daniel Orlandini on one, and letters all the way around by VCs Clayton Cowles. Like I said, uh, four stories, four different uh, eras. There's, um, there's a prequel era. There's uh, um, uh, there's original trilogy. There's after, you know, the, the, and there's like basically two after, uh, or two between and after the the the, the sequels, um, specifically between eight and nine. Uh, or one is one between eight and nine, and the other one's after nine. Put it that way. So there are some pretty good short stories uh, surrounded by di- different characters. The first one is uh, uh, Obi Wan and Anakin. Uh, the second one is uh, Pat. Uh, pardon me, excuse me, Palpatine and Vader, which those two complement each other in a in a very nice way. Uh, the third one is. Um, Oh, the third third one's Kylo Ren after between eight and nine after the after he fought Luke, and the fourth one is Poe Dameron after the Battle of Exegol, which is Exegol, which is after uh, Episode Nine. So it's worth checking out uh, this issue uh, if you are up on all of that stuff right there. Some some pretty good stuff. They're they're pretty short. And they're pretty. Um, um, I can't say there's. You'll get some things that you'll get something out of something, but it doesn't necessarily build to anything overall. But just some good stories within the realms of those um, uh, eras. And that, folks, is it for me. Flicks of the week. Oh, sorry. I was on mute. Clicks of the oh. week. <laughs> so my recording is going to have that play twice. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Very funny. That's all right. So we got one uh, click from Dirt. Oh, what was that? Oh, that was weird. Um, his click is Death Rage number one. He says, "I don't watch. I don't think I have a copy, uh, um, a cover for that." But he had one in the thing. Think Deathlock meets Deadpool. Deadpool meets Bloodshot, which I'm sure some of you only know one of those people. Um, wisecracking assassin for good guys, enhanced with nanites, gets hacked and turns evil. And he sends us a link to uh, to that uh, to to that book. Uh, to a review of that book. He says, surprisingly competent and entertaining. So, yeah, if any of that he just said um, interests you, there you go. Death Rage number one by... Who is this by? 
writer Aaron Sparrow, artist Emiliano Urdinola, uh, writer Murphy, cover artist Tyler Kirkham. So yeah, I, all I have to say is um, uh, that's very nineties. Yeah, that uh, yeah yeah you're right. Very very. And 90s. the only name I recognize, I think, is the the art the the cover artist. So. Yeah, Tyler Kirkham. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So that's that. And do you have yours? We didn't get anything from Tim. Uh, I've got a couple of books to consider this week. Okay. Uh, you know, I did mention that Avengers number 58 was a strong candidate just because it was entertaining as all get out. I do give AXE Judgment Day number one a lot of credit for providing pretty much all the information you need. You don't necessarily need to have read any of the previous Eternals or X-Men stuff. Um, it does obviously help to know who that Uranus character is uh, or Uranus character is prior to coming in, you know, understanding that he's, you know, immensely powerful, maybe on a par with like MCU Thanos. Um, kind of looks you know, like him also. I'm, what's that? Kind of looks like him also. Right. You know, what's funny is that uh, comic book Thanos on his own is pretty powerful, right? So it's hard to it's hard to gauge these things, you know, power scaling wise. Um, I also really appreciated um, that Maestro World War Hulk World War M book, you know, because of how it kind of wrapped up that trilogy. But I think I'm actually going to go with like an unexpected choice this week. And I'm going to go with Avengers number 58 because I just I, I enjoyed the samurai setting. It was really fun. I thought uh, Garon's, char- uh, Garon's character art in this was really good. And some of the splash pages and the action, she- action scenes were pretty well rendered. So Avengers number 58 for me. Okay. As I go through a couple of covers that I picked up for this, that's cool. Uh, for myself, I, there's a, a couple that I've actually had some fun with myself. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number four. That was a treat for me. Um, uh, Star Wars number 25 also was, uh, like I said, good brief stories. Just they, they don't really uh, go into it. But they do, at least one or two of them kind of give lights on, light, no pun intended, uh, on a particular thing that actually I forgot to mention because we get an explanation of why in a way we get a, an explanation of why Obi-Wan believes that the um, lightsabers are elegant weapons. He doesn't necessarily say that in this, but you can kind of infer. <laughs> I, I, have, I have inferred it and therefore it is so. Um, and also Black Adam number two, it was definitely kind of a treat because of that, that Malik character. Like, still... Trying to figure out, not necessarily figure out what's going on, to still figure out what they were they're trying to get to with uh, the Black this Black Adam book, but we still got ten other issues to go with that. Um, so I'm believing I'm actually going to go with um, that Black Adam book is twelve issue is a twelve issue miniseries. Goodness yeah. gracious, mm-hmm. that's yeah. old school. I mean, we've gotten a lot of 12 issue, uh, whether intentionally or not, but we've gotten a lot of 12 issue uh, series in the last few years, which I think this is starting to become more. We've even said it before, become more commonplace now. But yeah, uh, um, 
one that's out the gate says it's, it's 12 issues. Well, DC has been doing them a lot, but that's, that's not fair. Cause yeah, DC's kind of been doing that a little more, especially with the Tom Taylor, uh, Tom King stuff. Like most of his stuff, I believe has been uh, 12 issues. So it's not outside the realm of possibilities. Uh, it's just that I guess in the stuff that we read, we don't see it that often. Um, but that being said, uh, this is kind of a toughie actually, because uh, Batman Superman was also all right. You know what? I'll just go ahead and give it to, to Black Adam number two. But definitely shout out to uh, Star Wars number 25. And uh, like I said, congrats to um, Charles Soule for his uh, 100th script being published in the, in the universe. I was about to say, good job on Priest. Good job by Priest to uh, get you to appreciate that Black Adam book. Yeah. Actually, and it's not the first person I've heard that. It's like I've seen people online. I was like, yeah, this might actually, because they saw... Uh, um, a, a panel from and it was like this might actually get me to read a, a Black Adam book. So I mean, I've you know me, I've, I'm always interested in in, in pre stuff, depending on what the you know what the character he's using. So this is, um, at the very least, I will come to the book for him. You know, and and in some small way, you know, Black Adam because of the fact that you know, hey, the movie's coming out. Even though I'm not going to watch, it, we're not. Set on watching the movie. We're not in a rush. Up. Yeah, we're not yeah. in a rush to watch it. So that being said, you know, there's interest on it, and like I said, and I think what I was inferring earlier is like DC doesn't necessarily do the the DCification of their characters. Thankfully, no. um, the DCUification of the characters, like the like Marvel's doing, but like every now and then there's some stuff that kind of creeps in. You know, like you might see a, a a Batmobile that looks like the 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 the, the Batman's uh, uh, charger or whatever the, the, the gun is every now and then. Stuff like that will kind of creep in, but nothing heavy like like what Marvel does. Anyway, that is that, folks. That are, Those are the clicks of the week. And you said you were going with, I'm sorry. Avengers, number Avengers 58. 58. Write it down before I forget. There we go. Uh, we're going to go into the news section, but first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we get into cinematic news as we do every day about this time. There's going to be a good bit of... We, so, so uh, San Diego's Comic-Con just started, so some of the news is going to be stuff that came out prior to, but we will definitely be getting a lot. I already have some stuff for next week. We will definitely be getting a lot more stuff um, after this weekend's shenanigans. That being said, Thor Love and Thunder continues its reign atop the domestic weekend box office despite a 68% drop, according to this article. Uh, as reported by Variety, that 46 million, uh, that Thor Love and Thunder earned 46 uh, million over the weekend, over the past weekend, I guess, uh, domestically helped it bring its uh, domestic total to a lot of more money and globally a lot, lot more money. 
So yeah. So despite whatever drop uh, it had, it's still doing it's still doing good. There's not really that much out, so that's not that big of a surprise. Exactly. Next up. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Pardon me, folks. I'm scrolling. Oh, this is, this is perfect for you. Roy Kent! He's here! He's there! He's every effing where, Roy Kent! Roy Kent! <laughs> Joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe can be a uh, Herculean task. Boom, boom. For Brett Goldstein, spoiler alert for Thor Love and Thunder. We are a few weeks out from Thor Love and Thunder. We are spoiling one of the post credit scenes right here. If you are familiar with Ted Lasso, you know... Uh, you're probably familiar with the actor and the character I'm referring to when I sing that chant from Ted Lasso. But um, let's see here. Um, so apparently, uh, Brett Goldstein needed help from Hannah Waddingham when it came uh, when when it came to signing up for his uh, cameo role in Thor Love and Thunder and uh Hannah Waddingham said you know well she went to Hannah Waddingham and 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 he said I wonder if I should take it and she said to him are you mental are you having a little bit of a moment he was like why she says are you seriously thinking you might not play this character for like three seconds so and apparently unbeknownst to Hannah Waddingham um uh otherwise known as uh Rebecca um oh, I forget her last name in the show but her name is Rebecca in the show and um uh Brett Goldstein had Brett Goldstein had already accepted the role and that's pretty much it so he's having a, having a laugh at her expense exactly <laughs> he's here He's there. He's every effing where Roy Kent. <laughs> Roy Kent. <laughs> She-Hulk director explains why I was fans. About to say, I, 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 oh. I honestly hope that Roddy Cat will get around to watching uh, yeah, Ted Lasso at some point through yeah. uh, multiple means. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Because wait, you said because there's another season on the way, right? It oh. might actually be the last season. So and I think I yeah from what I remember reading uh, about what Jason Sudeikis the character the, the actor who create who co-created the show and and the character of Ted Lasso um, I think they initially uh, planned it out to be like a trilogy basically like a three season show gotcha okay so I might wait till then and then uh, plunk down on this six months of um, of, of Apple, Apple TV, TV Plus, that I, yeah, that I've that I've been sitting on. All right. So, but anyway, back to the news. Shield director explains why fans are fading, uh, hating the show CGI. No, so a couple of weeks ago, um, actually, what it been about a good three weeks ago, something like that. There was a um, first look teaser, whatever it was, for a trailer for uh, the Shield. Their choices of um, of uh, images to put together, by the way, are. Um, amazing CBR, which I'll go into that into another thing. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> so yeah, people that were all over the internet and they were talking about the CG, which did not look all that great, but also at the same time, we don't know if it was final. So, you know, um, I think we, we hear this Chronicles is taking a stance of wait till it comes out, uh, to see if it, if that's what, uh, continues to be the CG, how the CG looks, or if they've, you know, if those were like some early works that are not, were not final. So, but yeah, so this article is basically saying, hey, there was an interview with us, SFX Magazine, um, that um, talked to the director, Kat Corio, um, who addressed the negative fan reaction uh, and went into the detail about the process of digitally bringing to life uh, the, the uh, She-Hulk's uh, um, effects during the interview. Uh, she says, um, or they say, rather, it really is taking design and asking, are we getting those facial expressions and those nuances of reaction? That is where all the time comes into play, just honing in. So that's kind of that. Like I said, that was the trailer. Don't know whether that was final or not, but if it is, hey, this is what we got, folks. We still got less than a month or two um, for that to come out. So chill until that until that comes out. Next up. Uh, She-Hulk star teases just how strong uh, the MCU hero actually is. So in an interview with Empire Magazine, Tatiana Maslany discussed her character's exceptional strength, which has been teased in trailers for the show. Quote, she's not a trained fighter at all. She could just flick someone and they'd go flying. You flick too hard, damn it! <laughs> uh, this is one lawyer you don't want to find you guilty, uh, Maslani said. Yeah, sure. I I kind of want to try to, or at least for me, binge Orphan Black before before the series. It's a month. There's five seasons, and British seasons British seasons are pretty short. Short, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, so it could be done. Is it worth it? It's a good show. From what I've seen of it, and I've heard, and it, it's one of those shows that kind of like got a lot of praise when it when it was out. And plus, you know, she plays like what five or six different characters, which okay. you know may or may not play into uh, how you know how um, you know anything that goes on in the She Hulk. So that that that's just a, an aside note. Because like I, said, I had seen a couple of episodes of it, but I had not seen the whole series before this. So I've seen enough to know that yeah, she's pretty good at what she what she did in in that series. So. Just curious as the just a curious. That's all. Just uh, you know, sometimes I do things, this stuff like that. Uh, next up though, Ms. Marvel stars um struggled to film the MCU's most revealing scene. So this is a spoiler for that last, the final episode of Ms. Marvel, and it is the scene. Um, it it it, it is the scene where <laughs> that is revealed. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm your baby tonight by Whitney Houston. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> so, uh, Imani, uh, excuse me, Iman Vellani confessed in a Marvel interview that she and co-star uh, Matt Lentz went through multiple takes to get that scene right. I won't, if you, uh, I won't spoil it here, uh, but if you're watching the video, you'll you'll probably be seeing what I'm seeing. So, anyway, uh, she couldn't keep a straight face hearing the phrase out loud, which, yeah, I guess that that's, that is definitely a reaction. 
Uh, it took a really long time to film that scene because anytime Matt would say the word, I start giggling because, you know, she's a big uh, fan girl. So makes sense. I think we got it in one take. The one you see in the episode is uh, is one of two that we got where I was mildly uh, serious, she says. And it was really, really, really difficult. So uh, I think we have so many outtakes of me just breaking because I was so excited and giddy over this uh, in quotes. She's adorable. <laughs> massive fan girl as we've come to find out before and after this so i don't know if you saw that tweet she's talking about um talking about um uh i think she was either on set or something and feige held up 616 and, and she was just thinking about it the whole night yeah because of that whole uh thing they were you know between them about yeah the, they had like a whole back and forth about the the, the numbering right for dr strange right so so that was pretty funny anyway next up so Amon Vellani wants to see Ms. Marvel and Wolverine team up as they did in the comics. And uh, in a recent Ask Me Anything Q&A on Reddit, Vellani revealed that she wants this. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Not a big surprise. I believe that last thing also came from the AMA. So, yeah. Uh, Marvel fans want to see the return of Inhumans after the Ms. Marvel finale. Thank you. <laughs> I knew that would be your reactions, which is why I put this in here. And actually, it's mine, too, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically, this article says, like, hey, between the, the comic output in the last couple of years and the video video games, you know, Kamala has been a fixture. There's actually, um, I saw a Twitter post um, that had uh, her in her Miss Marvel get up, but with uh, Professor X's uh, cerebral helmet. And a, and a bunch of um, you know mutants uh, uh, under her, as if she was the, the the second coming or something. So that was kind of funny. But anyway, um, so yeah. But because of the fact that we don't seem to be getting the Inhumans and seem to be laying out uh, another course uh, going mutant wise, uh, yeah, pe- that got people upset, especially after seeing Black Bolt get taken out. So so. Um, so disrespectfully. Yes, there we go. That was the word I was looking for in uh, Doctor Strange and the, and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, according to Miss um, Marvel co-creator Sana Amina, it's like we've been talking about it for some time, of the changes that they made uh, uh, to her origin. Here's a real, uh, really important uh, thing people do not know, that when we're talking about the character of Kamala back back in 2012-2013, when G. Willow Wilson uh, and herself were ideating, I've not heard that word, but, that's, uh, but I, uh, I, I can get the meaning. We originally wanted to make her a mutant. That was the whole intention, to be able to do that. You know, I, I have no, we have no one's word but hers to believe on that. I, I'm not wanting to believe that that was actually the, the case, because I feel like if that's what they wanted to do, they would have done it. But we also know that this was the time where the whole Fox mutant thing was going on, so... We don't know. We, this is hearsay for that. We just have to take her word for it. But that's that. Anyway, but the article goes on to start, talk about what uh, the hubbub has been online about uh, um, wanting humans back, including uh, some agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a couple of agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. folks, and etc. Next up, which we'll get on to that in, uh, in a little bit also. Sorry, I was... Too busy looking at that Inhumans article. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But Ruth, it'll be in the show notes for folks who who um want to check it out at some point later. 
All right. So Ms. Marvel co-directors Bolal Fala and Adil L. Arbi have an answer for whether or not Kamala Khan and her family were snapped by Thanos in Infinity at the end of Infinity War. Uh, quote, uh, they'd assume that seeing how the family dynamic is with them, they have a feeling that none of them got snapped. And that's OK. That's OK. Yeah. I, I, I admit curiosity to this because, you know, I mean, this is well after the fact and they've kind of gone away from even dealing with that. So it was like, well, you know, was this person on our side? I, I'm actually very will be very much curious as to um, when she comes out. Um, whether that even comes into play for reasons. I don't know. Like I said, we're, we're so far away from the snap at this point, it doesn't really matter. But either way. Uh, right. Marvel, I, mean, early, I was about yes. to say, early oh, on in the in the Disney Plus right. show, it had to be. Right, because that's what they were dealing know, with the fallout of it. Exactly. Now now we're dealing with uh, a different group of characters. And it does make sense that Ms. Marvel uh, wasn't, th- wasn't snapped because she would be five years younger. Right. You know, it's not, and you know, and and and, you know, for, just for the sake of uh, keeping Peter Parker as young as possible, you know, that's why they they, they snapped him away. Right, and I guess anyone in her periphery apparently were not that we know of. Uh, so, because it you wasn't know. brought up, like literally, Peter is like, you know, in in the MCU, Peter is only like two years older than her. Right. Yeah, that's anyway. Which reminds me of another picture that I saw earlier with the two of them together, but it was like, you know, classic Peter in the comic books. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, Ms. Marvel director teases much darker Batgirl movie because uh, the, the two aforementioned uh, directors, um, Adele L. R.B. and uh, Bilal Fala, are doing the Batgirl movie. Um, it says here, quote, uh, the thing is that it's also an origin story, but also, but obviously Batgirl is in Gotham City, so it's going to be much darker than Ms. Marvel. Um, LRB told Slash Film after Wednesday's Miss um, Marvel finale. And our main character is older. I mean, she's not a teenager. She already has a job. Talking about uh, Leslie Grace's Barbara Gordon. So, I mean, you know, hey, of course it's going to be different for different reasons. So, obviously, there's no going, they're not going to treat then they're going to treat this character like they just did uh, Ms. Marvel, because that'd be crazy. Next up. All right. So in the rumor mill, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans might not recognize Chloe Bennett's quake when she debuts in a future MCU project. Reliable industry source blankety-blank Casey Walsh uh, recently responded to a tweet that stated Kevin Feige and company are treating Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as another universe. Daisy Johnson in 616 will have a new origin. However, aspects of her Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. story will be incorporated as a nod to all of the diehard fans. What's crazy is that they started out as one and they branched away. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what's messed. That's what's weird. Right. You know, they started out in the mainstream MCU and then they just branched away. So I guess that was a branch timeline. So. Yeah, and it sounds like, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, See, so, yeah, it sounds like they've been treating that as a kind of a branch tra- timeline since like season five, I guess. Right, right. Um, or somewhere in four, I'm, I'm not sure because I think I fell off. Not fell off. I, I think I stopped watching it at the end of four because of I think I don't know where the show went. Actually, that's, that's what it was. So I never did finish the series. Mm-hmm. But you could already tell by then they were kind of just like they had already pushed it away. 
So they were off on their own, right? They were basically off on their own. They were not connected yeah. to the MCU at all. Yep. Shout out to Albie Shore. Um, so yeah. So if again, this is a rumor, so we don't know anything. <laughs> I was like, I don't know people were like who. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the actual reference is, but I know who Albie Shore is. Oh, okay. Off on your own. That was one of his songs. Oh, okay. I was about to say that's obscure. That's a, that's a <laughs> deep dive, man. You're Holy welcome. cow! You're. I welcome. thought you were, I thought you were gonna call out um, which one call it uh, uh, Patty Labelle. You know, oh on no, your, my own. Oh no. Well, I guess I could have, but no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, this is rumor, and we don't Once, even know. Again, yeah, with Michael McDonald. Once mm-hmm. again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually kind of funny because this is the second time that song has come up. It has been a bad, it has been a trying day, folks. (laughs) I literally brought out Michael McDonald and Patti LaBelle. Hey, you know what? Sometimes sometimes it be like that. You got to, you know, the things that come up in it just out of nowhere. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, folks. It's And again, somebody's like, they're like, who? Um... (laughs) Youngsters, I tell you. Oh, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, um, moving on. But yeah, like I said, this is this is a rumor, so we don't even know if uh, you know if Quake is even gonna be in in the MCU larger. But we're starting to see more rumors that suggesting it so much. But we don't know anything outside of the fact that we got a couple of Netflix folks coming through. So anyway, next up, is this me or you? Yeah, it's you. Uh, I am Groot uh, releases first footage uh, and it includes a surprising um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy cameo. It's not really surprising. It's freaking Groot. So who else would be who who would be coming up there? I think the surprise is who's voicing the character that shows up in this first episode. So it's spoiler for the first episode, which I guess is out on Disney Plus, or this was shown. Actually, I don't know if it's out on Disney Plus or not, but this article is kind of suggesting that it is. Uh, regardless, uh, and I can't get through it from this tab, but that's right. Guess what, folks? Uh, Rocket, uh, Rocket Raccoon shows up and is voiced by Bradley Cooper. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there you go. Next up. All righty. Uh, in Star Wars news, Andor star Diego Luna collaborated with the writers on the show to develop the character's backstory. That's good. Mm-hmm. So, um... It seems he had a, a more integral role this time around in the development of the character. And uh, he revealed this in a new interview with Den of Geek. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I believe, actually, I almost pulled that one because uh, uh, it was a similar story, but I had pulled this one first, so that's why I didn't pull that one. But yeah, but that's cool. Um, hey, guess what, folks? Spider-Man No Way Home is finally streaming. I mean, it was about time for it to be anyway, but it's not streaming anywhere that a lot of people are likely to get to. It's going to be on stars. Oh, yeah. Yoy. So if you got stars, great. But I mean, it's not going to be there for I'm sure it's not going to be there for that long. And it'll probably end up on someplace of Crackle or Hulu or something more likely at some date, probably soonish rather than later. I don't know. But yeah, right now it's on stars. You can go check it out there. Um, and it says here that, um, oh, uh, No Way Home happens to be the last Sony flick headed to stars after a theatrical release, uh, beginning with, uh, 20, the studio's 2022 releases. Netflix gets, gets an exclusive year and a half window to stream the movies. So that means across the Spider-Verse, Craven the Hunter, what, 
why that is even happening, we still don't know. And the the recently pushed back um, Madam Web movie will all hit Netflix after the movies. Which again, another movie that why is this needed? But anyway, there is that. Next up, speaking of the Madam Web movie, Sony has shifted the Spider-Man spinoff Madam Web movie to late. 2023 that is october 2023 is a shift of three months so i'm with roddy cat on this why do we need this movie right just to, just just so that sony can maintain the uh spider-man and related character license come on Pretty just much. Let, let it let it go folks let it go like elsa says let it go <laughs> yes let it come back to his original family come on come on <laughs> um uh, but yeah, the Predator prepares for the hunt in a new Prey poster. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, the Predator is not necessarily a comic book. Yes, it is, because there's a Predator comic book coming from Marvel. I was about to say it was a Dark Horse comic book property for a long time. Well, the, but there are people that don't know that. So, yeah. And plus, like I said, there's the upcoming Marvel one also. So, it's, it relates. Um, but I don't know how I feel about this. I'm like, I like Predator enough, but I don't. Like I didn't watch that last those last couple, and this is supposed to be like a prequel to the first movie, I guess. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. So, but it, apparently, it, there's a new poster for the thing that is. Uh, I think this is going to be on Hulu. Yep. Um, I guess it's a movie, not a show. Yes, and it's coming out August fifth. So, if you are interested in that franchise, hey, go for it. Let me know how it is. Or don't. Next up. Henry Cavill is rumored to appear this week at Comic-Con to talk more DC Superman. Okay. So, that's, that's it. That's the story. Yeah, that's it. We At this point, uh, it's it is, today is the first day of uh, Comic-Con. So, it hasn't happened that I've seen. Uh, if it's probably going to happen, it'll be like... For, Tomorrow or Saturday? Yeah, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow or Saturday. Uh, that being Friday or Saturday, uh, um, if you're uh, catching this uh, after the fact. So maybe next week we'll have more for you. I, it is rumored that he's may or may not going to be talking about uh, him um, uh, playing Superman again and something that is coming up. But um, signs are pointing to none of this is actually true. So that's it. Rumors, folks. That's, that's what they are. Next up. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves trailer has an owlbell of Mermic and Hugh Grant. Plus, uh, so here's here's a funny story. So, yes, there was a uh, first look at this new Dungeons & Dragons uh, movie. Uh, I believe it's Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, um, Reggie John Page from Bridgerton, Hugh Grant, as I mentioned, said, and um, I think there's a couple other people. Uh, that is in this movie. So, you know, some names that is in this. The funny part about this is that depending on where you see the article from, which, by the way, there's a, uh, I think this article and there's another article that uh, points to the actual video of this. Uh, the funny part is, is that who or what the article writers um, address or put up front when this, when uh, about this thing. Like, there's an article that uh, does write a good article that's like, hey, Chris Pine and and Hugh Grant, you know, um, uh, or CBR's article about Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez is ripped or built. I'm like, 
this is and but I went with this one because it was like, hey, Owlbell, Mimic, you know, D and D stuff. Hugh Grant just happens to be along for the ride. And there's more than one article that just kind of omits a, a couple of of folks that are mentioned in weird mm-hmm. ways. So I was like, okay, sure, we know where y'all are going with this. Now, obviously, some people are bigger names than others, but also I was like, you know, sure, all right, <laughs> that is the choice you made. But anyway, like I said. The um the trailer's in here if you want to check it out. Um it's a it's a Dungeons and Dragons movie, folks. Probably some would argue a better looking one than the past ones we've gotten, but hey, this, that is uh for you to judge for yourself. Next up. Alright, next up. Uh so the tentatively titled Mortal Mortal Kombat Two is a go at New Line as a director and writer have been lined up to bring the iconic fighting franchise to life once more. So the 2021 version of Mortal Kombat was a major hit with four Warner Brothers. I still haven't watched it. And Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. So as reported by Deadline, the director of the first film, Simon McQuoid, Simon McQuoid will be returning to helm Mortal Kombat 2 as a director and will be assisted by Moon Knight writer Jeremy Slater. Okay. I'm going to suggest, and they're probably not going to do it, but uh, and I know that uh, the the the, the statute is up on us, but they should just go ahead and put it on uh, HBO Max like they did the first one. Yeah, the, and the first one wasn't great. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; it had a couple of good parts to it. I mean, you you know, if you're still interested, you should definitely still watch it. Uh, like, but there was tragic misuse of a couple of character, a couple of uh, people and characters. Uh, underuse specifically, actually, of a couple of characters, but nevertheless, like I said, you judge for yourself. I don't, and you knew they were setting up a second one, but whether they needed to or not, eh. everything, everywhere, all at once, getting a theatrical re-release with eight extra minutes. Um, a twenty-four's highest grossing movie ever. The aforementioned uh, title. Uh, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once is going wide again in cinemas at. Um, on July 29th, the latest cut from Dan Kwan and Daniel Sh- uh, Shainert, uh, which took off like a rocket from his uh, South by Southwest world premiere, which w- will include new introductions from filmmakers and eight min- minutes of outtakes. Um, and then it goes into the setup of the movie, which I'm sure everybody and their mother outside of me has seen by now, which I had intended to watch before um, uh, b- before tonight, but I didn't get a chance to. Nevertheless, hey, it's getting back to the movie so more people can uh, discover the magic. Next. Good. I watched it. It was good. Yeah, I would like to see it. I would have, wouldn't have mind seeing it in, in theaters. Um, but, you know, there, I'm being very selective about what I go to the theaters for. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Michelle sure, sure. Yeoh, let's face it, would, would warrant it, but I just didn't. But I have it sitting right here, so I don't have to do that. And by the way, um, side note, um, a bunch of A24's movies are hitting HBO Max next month. So you can check out some of their other stuff. I don't think this one is. It'll probably be a while before this one comes to uh, streaming services. Well, wait, I mean, it's already out there, but to, to streaming services to buy, but right. you know, anywhere of other note, I should say. Gotcha. Next up. All right. Uh, Apple TV's upcoming Godzilla series set in Legendary's MonsterVerse adds the father-son acting duo of Kurt and Wyatt Russell. Uh, so according to The Hollywood Reporter, um, the 
that is exactly what they reported. At this time, however, it's unclear if the two will actually be portraying a father and son on the show, as the roles are being kept under wraps. The Russells join co-stars Anna Sawai, Ren Watabe, Kiersey Clemens, Joe Tippett, and Alisa Lasowski. Okay. So, Ego and Bigger Ego are playing. <laughs> oh, no! Are in the Godzilla movie. Just saying. Are you, are you interested in this? I know you're a fan of Godzilla, but I know you're more of a classic fan. I am a fan of Godzilla. But are we going to get Godzilla in this? That's the kicker. Yeah, that is the thing. Or is it going to be like that um is it going to be like that um that that 80s cartoon where they just call Godzuki! him up yeah, Exactly. Where's Godzuki? Yeah, they just call him, you know, they call, you know, they, they he shows up when 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 something needs blasting, right? Yep, up from the depths, 30 stories high. Um Yeah. Godzilla. <laughs> I remember. I, I I don't know why. I think Toho. I think the Toho Insta account posts snippets from that Godzilla and Godzuki uh, uh, cartoon. Oh, that's so that's great. why I recognize the theme song. Right. I remember that thing vividly. Vividly, yes, folks. <laughs> that's funny. Um, Craig of the Creek releases special anime opening, which I guess you can say we get into anime corner, but not quite. So you know. Hold that one for next uh, next thing. All right. So, uh, I'm going to say this again. I say this as loudly as I possibly can. Craig of the Creek is a great show, and everyone should watch it. Most people should watch it. I'm not going to say everyone should watch it because you know this is not that kind of thing. But a lot of people should be more people should be watching it. All there were four seasons of uh, HBO Max. Check it out. It is a fun, great show. But um, there is a special anime opening uh, that the Cartoon Network has put out. Um, uh, I actually I think that was from today. Now that I think about it, because I saw it earlier, um, uh, earlier before I went to bed. Uh, like I said, anime inspired, which in which this cartoon is uh, not. But well, there is a lot of anime inspirations in some of the in some of the stuff uh, that go on in the cartoon. But this is the first um, anime opening that they have done. I have not watched this because I wanted to watch it with whatever episode it was being presented with. So, but from the uh, from the image, as you can see here. I am looking forward to checking it out. If you're watching the video, you can see the the uh, the still image of the the the, uh, the clip. Next up, unless oh, unless so we wanna... are in uh, anime uh, uh, anime related news, right? We are. I miss watching Attack on Titan every week. <laughs> Exclusive news, Netflix's Yu Yu Hakusho live-action manga adaptation reveals its star. Uh, so we've gotten our first look at Yusuke. I have not watched or read the anime of uh, or manga of Yu Yu Hakusho. So, uh, but it's on my list. I, I should probably get to it. Um, so Netflix announced the adaptation last year, which will present a new version of the 1990 manga in which a teenage boy, uh, Yusuke, dies and begins a new afterlife as an underworld detective. Kitamura will play Yusuke, and you can see a first look at him in costume on the webpage as Rodicat scrolls past it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, Karama has been cast um, for this uh, live-action uh, Yu Hakusho. 
Uh, says Karama will be played by Jun Shison. Uh, and yeah, again, you can see the uh, picture of this person and looks like them in the garb. His hair is not red, it's purple, so they're already fucking up. No, oh, no. Because Karama's hair is red. So let's not fuck up. So already fucking up. Anyway, that's that. Next up. New Spy <laughs> X family artwork has been released to honor the fans of the anime, which has now acquired over one million Twitter followers, that is. So good for them. Yeah, it's a good show. It, it, it is a good show. I enjoyed it. The first, yeah. It was like the first half of the first season. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We still got the next one to go later, later this fall. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about something else later, actually, going on with... Um, with uh, anime we're going to get to, or we, we individually are going to get to, I guess. Uh, Dragon Ball Super takes cue from Miss Marvel with new gas power. Um, now, this is for... Oh, wait. Actually, this should have been in the manga corner, I believe. Part. Um, but nevertheless, yeah. It, you know Miss Marvel's classic powers. There's a, a Dragon Ball character that... Uh, uh, and Biggins of Fist, looks like. So, there you go. And his name is Gas? I just, okay, sure, whatever. Um, I am not up on the, the manga, or actually Super in general, so. But I am going to, that's another thing I'm going to get to, because I got to, so I can get to the movie whenever it comes out next month, or whenever it comes out next month. Anyway, next up. All right, so this is just some news for uh, Crunchyroll, uh, the Prince of Tennis 2 Under-17 World Cup English dub reveals its cast and crew and its release date. So it's going to be starting on July 20th. So it's already started as of a day ago. And there's a, a, a lineup on this art, in this article of the English dub cast. There you go. I know some people love them from sports, uh, sports anime or, or this particular one. But yeah. So anyway. <laughs> You got to watch Haikyuu, folks. Yes. Um, I, one of these days, I will get there. Jujutsu Kaisen's uh, anime team shares season two goals, which is kind of sad because I think we're getting season two before we get Fire Force season three. God damn it. Anyway, um, so there was a update ahead of season two from someone from MAPPA, MAPPA Studio. Uh, right. The update was shared with fans who were lucky enough to uh, make the Oh, this is from the uh, panel, the Jujutsu Kaisen panel at Anime Expo. Um, there was CEO of MAPPA appeared on stage with uh, Hiroshi Seko, uh, the anime script writer, and some other people. And according to uh, Asuka, the CEO says that the team is paying close attention to fans overseas as they work on season two. The show is massive, uh, both in Japan and nations all over the world, uh, according to this article. And... Um, as anime becomes bigger globally, responses for fans internationally are more important than ever. As uh, Atsuko says, his team is uh, honing in on that, on that reviews, whatever that means. Uh, and the article goes on to state uh, what they want, uh, what they want season two to become, but not necessarily giving too much away. And the fact that they're focusing on Chainsaw Man, which is their next uh, thing coming up. So next up, or as an excuse me, as an uh, anime adaptation, not because right. so we're transitioning yeah. into uh, the manga news. Yep. 
I'll take this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, My Hero Academia cliffhanger hypes the big three's first actual team up. And, um, you know, this is the the, the current manga. And luckily, when I saw this story, I was able to catch up on uh, the most recent chapter that was released over on Shonen Jump. And uh, basically, this is a teaser for the fact that the big three are finally teaming up uh, um, again after their, you know, because they really haven't actually fought together in a long time in uh, the in the, in the manga story. Yeah, the, the big three are upperclassmen at uh, uh, UA. Those who keep up with uh, my hero know what he's talking about. I am not yep. one of those people. <laughs> exactly. I'm. I'm. I'm carefully wording Yet. what I say. That's fine. Because so by the time I get around to it, I won't remember. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. That's fine. Um, plus, I don't think they've adapted a, this part into the anime yet. So um, no, I'm but not they're sure. not far. Right. Yeah. So not I'm not far. sure if I'm going to actually read the manga uh, before the, before I get to the anime. We'll see. There's probably going to be like another two seasons of the anime left. Right. Uh, that's my guess. Oh, I should put that in the. Um, I should go get that. I don't know if you saw it uh, on Twitter, but there was a. Um, apparently, this come from Jintama, which is another anime. Um, there was an anime. I mean, there was an expl- explanation on filler and and anime arcs from this other anime called Jintama. Uh, that's pretty good that I saw. Okay. Um, um, I will put it in the show notes for folks uh, uh, once I find it again. But it was pretty good. I, I did retweet it, but uh, for, so for those who follow me on Twitter, it's already probably already seen it. If you are one of those uh, negative three people, uh, now we are getting over into the comic book news. Uh, another transition? Sure, why not? Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Uh, Iron Man is about to lose his armor in AXE uh, conflicts in conflict. Uh, sounds like he's about to, from what I read of this article, uh, well, says he has to enter a suit of armor, armor that could kill, that could kill us all. Can he survive? Can anyone? Who's to know? It's Tony Stark. Who cares? I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. That, that didn't come out right. Uh, I guess, so I, I put this in here partially for the reasons like, are they going to MCU Tony Stark? I mean, he's got an ongoing going on right now, like I mean, an MCU to the to the to the point of killing his character. Doesn't this doesn't suggest that? But I feel like that is a way they would they would do in this uh, event, right? And, and I and I kind of hope they don't. But you know, just just these are the things we look out for now. Next mm. up, thanks to our very own at Tim Dog ninety eight. For this article, uh, Marvel is celebrating Halloween with a spooky tale featuring some of its most iconic supernatural heroes. Crypt of Shadows number one is a special Halloween-themed one-shot releasing this upcoming October that pays homage to the original 1970s Crypt of Shadow anthology series. The collection of stories will showcase supernatural adventures starring Moon Knight, Laura Lakini Wolverine, Elsa Bloodstone, Man-Thing, Werewolf by Night, and Bloodline a.k.a. Blade's daughter, who recently debuted in the free comic book day Avengers X-Men number one. Okay. Yeah, which I still think they did something with the camera to, to change her from what, where they were going previously, but eh, yeah, I guess. Sure. Um, 
Peter David reunites with Joe Fixit. Um, we didn't mention this uh, at the outset of uh, the micro thing, but this, but this was also a thing that uh, happened there. Uh, that was uh, announced there. But uh, Peter David, who you know, wrote the Mitro series, you know, prolific writer of uh, a lot of Marvel stuff, uh, folks know back in the day, uh, including his um, Hulk run, which included Joe Fixit. He's coming back for another Joe Fixit um, uh, centric story, which I don't, I don't, um, I, I admit, I don't think I was around because that was like '90s, right? The Joe Fixit stuff. No, earlier. That was, was uh, mid '80s. Hmm. I wasn't when McFarlane when 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 McFarlane was on a Hulk. Yeah. Huh. Oh wait, was that around the twentieth twentieth anniversary? Twenty fifth uh, anniversary. I I, I I think so. Okay, because I do remember the cover with the banner and the the gray Hulk, but I don't think I was reading Hulk that much in that. Yeah, Either way, oh, mid mid '80s, definitely right. mid '80s when Joe Fixit was uh, big. Okay, yes, I vaguely remember when this was. We, a, a lot's happened. Anyway, uh quote here, when I created Joe Fix it decades ago, it was merely as a means to shake up the standard formula, David explained. Typically, Bruce would have some set up, uh, some sort of situation where he'd be worried that the Hulk would inevitably show up and screw up things. Uh, the storyline with Joe flipped the formula on his head and set up the Hulk with this great situation in Vegas, and he was worried that Bruce would show up and screw things up. I had no idea that the character would have this much staying power because we've seen him uh, uh, plot playing prominently in um, Immortal Hulk most recently. <laughs> um, and that's so much eventually uh, be done with him in the pages of the aforementioned Immortal Hulk. I'm thrilled that Marvel has uh, given me this opportunity to revisit our old friend. Uh, Peter David has been given the opportunity to uh, revisit a couple of old friends. So... <laughs> Hulking specifically, but yes. So yeah, um, this is going to be on sale in 2023. Uh, you can see the cover if you're watching the video version. Um, and that's pretty much all we got right now. We don't we don't have a, any more specific date than that. Next up. All right, so in spoilers for this week's Spider-Gwen, Gwenverse number four, uh, J. Jonah Jameson has taken on a pretty sig uh, a, a significantly different role in this alternate universe where Gwen is basically taking on the place of Rick Jones and back in the time and, and place where uh, Rick was switching places with um, uh, Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. And uh, Let's see here. Who does J. Jonah Jameson play? Okay, so apparently he's transformed into a mandroid warrior. Ah, it's not so bad. Yeah. Okay. When when I saw the, the article title, I was like, they made him into the Sharker in this universe? Because <laughs> that's usually the way they would go with the, the, with the article titles, but no, it was not. Seriously. <laughs> uh, or, Star the, Wars. You know, or the Rhino. Like, he created so many of them. Right, right. You know? that That'd be true. funny if 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 J. Jonah Jameson was in the rhino suit and he was stuck in there, you know, for the rest of his life. Yeah, be pictures of Spider Man. Yeah, right. Uh, Star Wars reveals a surprising, <laughs> a surprising secret about Chewbacca and his rival Wookie. Uh, so this is from spoiler from this week's Han Solo and Chewbacca number four. Um. 
And you know, actually, reading this article just reminded me of something. Um, so, Black Crescenton, um, known, uh, other known uh, Wookiee in the Star Wars universe, uh, they've, they've uh, recently, more often, taken the Black out of his name, which is fine, which is great. You know, I'm not complaining about that, because I just noticed when people are starting to... People have been calling him Chrysanthemum because, like, well, you can see he's black, so it doesn't necessarily need to. I don't know if that's the reason why, but I've noticed that in, like, Book of Boba Fett and in the comics recently, that they're just like, just cut it to Chrysanthemum. <laughs> Either way. Um, I mean, we call him Chrysanthemum, so, you know. Well, that is whatever. also true. Yeah. So, apparently, um, Chrysanthemum comes into into play in this uh, miniseries and steals hand. Uh, or Han, if, 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 if so you choose, and leaves Chewbacca behind with the man who claims to be uh, Han's father. So it's going to be Chewie to the rescue, I guess. Uh, this is, I've been meaning to read this um, this miniseries, but I, I haven't. So I, I had intended to catch up before now, but I didn't, uh, just to see what that was about. Because obviously it's kind of like, hey, here's a tale from them from before, you know, before the, the original trilogy or well before the original trilogy and probably after solo but we'll see next up all righty so uh to celebrate uh, an enormous milestone for marvel um you know the 80th birthday uh marvel unlimited is offering fans 30 free comics in honor of 30,000 starting points on the marvel unlimited app so you get uh, a range of books from Ultimate Spider-Man from 2000, uh, X-Men number one from 1991, to modern hits like Thor, God of Thunder from 2012. So these are all number one issues, and there's 30 of them. Uh, I'm happy to say I own a lot of these, but obviously not all of them. I do not own Fantastic Four number one, you know. Um, but a lot of these I own, like I own in physical form. Right. I'm happy to see that Black Bolt, the 2017 series from Saladin Ahmed, is on this. It's Black Bolt series. number one. So that's the other thing. A lot of these are more recent, uh, right? With except with a with a few exceptions, but obviously Thor: God of Thunder was going to be on there because of the recent movie. Um, um, Miss Marvel number one, uh, Tanahisi Coast's Black Panther number one, you know, Star Wars number one. Uh, Avengers number one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I didn't see any surprises. Actually, well, maybe Runaways. That's not yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I own, I, I think I own Runaways number one in the trade. Right. I don't think I own the actual physical issue. Um, I'm actually looking up to see if I have Uncanny X-Men number 129 or if it is on my want list. Hmm. That's, you know, it's like an early Dark Phoenix book. So I'm right. actually kind of curious to see if I own this book. Okay, but but a lot of this stuff is on here. One because it's stuff they probably had already on here for reasons. I, I dare say. So like Infinity Gauntlet number one because you know, uh, um, yeah, the the, um, the whole in game stuff. Vision fifty Vision number one. That's a good one. You should check that out. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, which well, I definitely do not own X Men number one twenty nine. That sucks. Is on my uh, wish list. Right. Oh, Captain but, America uh-huh. 2004, number one. That is the start of the uh, Winter Soldier run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the Brubaker run. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. definitely have that. <laughs> I'd be, be nice if I had that signed by Brubaker. I have it signed by Epting. Right. So, 
list, but I do not have that signed by by Brubaker. Now I'm scrolling through this to to see what else I actually own. You know, as Rodicat did say, a lot of this stuff is is recent, so it's more likely. You know, yeah, I've got most of this. You know, just a couple of exceptions. Right. Like you know, Gardens of the Galaxy, Ultimate Spidey. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, including the Ultimate uh, Spidey number one, where Miles's uh, uh, yep Miles comes in. Okay, that one I don't have. Definitely. Yep. yep. Yeah, Planet Hulk, the, the first Planet Hulk issue, Hulk nineteen, the from the Hulk volume that was in nineteen ninety nine, number ninety two. Oh, I skipped that one. Um, Amazing Spider Man twenty eighteen. That's a interesting choice. That's the start that Spencer run. Is it? Yeah. That's it. Interesting choice to put on here. I didn't even see where that. Oh, I see it now. It's at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Yeah, yeah. Spencer and Otley. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> but anyway, there's a lot of stuff in there. For oh, you, so you bring up that. You bring up that run. We're like, yeah, let's let's get out of here, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's an interesting choice to put on here for whatever odd reason. But uh, sure, okay. You know, Doctor Strange number one for the anyway, Like I said, there's a lot, lot of stuff on there. You can check that out at your leisure. But it's some good stuff, regardless. Next up, um, you know what? You take this one. I was about to say, ooh, I did not see this story. <laughs> I, I was ooh. going to ask you about this uh, when I saw this like yesterday, uh, so I did, wasn't sure whether you had it. I was like, no, if he hadn't seen it, I keep it as a surprise. Ooh, Marvel's <laughs> Hasbro's Marvel Legends team has just posted a video for the upcoming HasLab Galactus. This new video is a surprise unboxing showing off all the new Marvel Legends figures and features of HasLab Galactus. You can check out screen caps on this webpage. Uh, and uh, you can, you know, click on the video. Uh, oh, actually, no, you can find the video. Um, where can you find the video? Just on, it's on YouTube. Pulse? Uh, it's, you know what? I will put it in the show notes. I thought that was a, I thought this was, yeah, I thought it was in here. But it's on YouTube. And yeah, it's probably on Hasbro Pulse. But you would think they would have linked right. to it here right i was about to say our 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 favorite rapper slash marvel legends collector pharaoh Monch um posted a screen cap of one of these uh i think of the image with galactus holding up uh silver surfer and nova right i saw Uh-oh. it on his insta so i so i'm i i'm not completely surprised by this but i'm very happy to see that. that's a crazy unboxing oh my goodness i watched part of it it was like it's like 20 21 minutes actually um it's like oh, oh man. my it's, god look at all those p pe- oh my god yeah, all those pieces a lot. there's also a link uh in the first uh the the first uh thread poster in here but yeah you can go into you to youtube or wherever to, to find the unboxing has proposed. Oh, God, that's amazing. All right. <laughs> I, I knew you would uh, get a kick out of that one as well. I mean, I don't, re- I honestly don't regret not getting it because I'm right. like, wait, you know, I've kind of hit the wall when it comes to my Marvel Legends collecting. Right. Um, you know, and this definitely would have been it, you know, in terms of like, you know, the, the final piece. And I'm like, where would I even display it? That thing is gigantic. I admit, you know, I, I tried to go sitting on my bookshelf. Right. You know, I, I tried to go to Agent Seventy into uh, into kind of nudge him into getting it because I was like, you could do so many things. You got FF. You got Super Separate. Come on, you could. There's some there's some dioramas you could put on here, man. You could do this. That thing is gigantic. It's it's gigantic. It's huge. That figure yeah. is gigantic. Three three and a half feet tall. That's you know, like if I put him on the top of my bookshelf, it'd be scraping the ceiling. You know. <laughs> Imagine you put I mean, that I have up a against, tall bookshelf, but still, you know? Right. Put that up against Unicron. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Unicron is gigantic, too. Yup. 
just diameter wise. But this is like, you know, just like a chunky figure. My goodness. But anyway, yeah. moving on. Yeah. So shout out to those who bought them. Um, now we're getting to the Comic-Con stuff. Um, so Marvel San Diego Comic-Con 2022 exclusives from the unofficial blog. This is the Marvel stuff specifically, like I just said. Um, you can go through this article. There's a bunch of shirts, um, some some jerseys, pins, that kind of stuff. Um, a map of the role-playing game, which I think should be in that uh, pre-test stuff, but, you know, and some variant covers. Um, and, of course, a, a listing of the uh, the panels from Marvel for the whole weekend is in this article. Dang, t-shirts got have gotten expensive, huh? Yeah, they have. Like, even, well, I mean, you know, because novelty t-shirts are a big thing now, or have gotten yeah. bigger over time, yeah, the, they've, they've only gone up in price. I was about to say, I don't remember paying that much for a Marvel t-shirt at New York Comic Con, but maybe I'm just misremembering or not remembering. I'm just ignore, I'm ignoring the memory of right. having to shell out that much money. Right. So, so, so some stuff I think we've kind of seen before, you know, but I don't know if there's anything that stands out to uh, that I would actually want. Mm-hmm. There's that Avengers Con shirt, which we already knew. You know, was out to, so there was some stuff from that and whatnot. Ooh, the Hawkeye shirt is actually not, not terrible. But Anyway. That's that. Next up. Next up, Legion M, the world's first fan-owned entertainment company, will be celebrating Stan Lee at San Diego Comic-Con with limited edition merch. Starting uh, yesterday, Wednesday, July 20th, Legion M is releasing one surprise Stan Lee per day during San Diego Comic-Con this year. You can find them in booth 3917, but if you can't make it to San Diego Comic-Con, it will be available in their online store as well. Okay. Yeah. Apparently this wasn't uh, updated with what they released, but hey, you can go to yeah, the website. Yeah, I was about to say, that's what I was, I was scanning the article. I'm like, what was it? Yeah, they didn't, this article didn't update it, but but this is also from the un, uh, unofficial blog, so they, there's another site that you can go to for, for that stuff. Um, Chadwick Boseman receives special new Black Panther Funko, and yes, Raticat has pre-ordered them all. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the, the Thor and Love is in the theaters, blah, 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 Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is coming up in November, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, Boseman um, Nakia, Shiri, and Ramona, Ramonda, excuse me, all get new Funkos. Uh, and if you're watching the video version, you can see them all. They're Target exclusives. The pre-orders are already up. Um, uh, the the Patrick Bozeman one, if you are not watching the video version, uh, is in uh, is in the throne. Is is the Chadwick Bozeman in uh, in the throne from uh, Black Panther? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty sure that one's going to be highly sought after, which is why I went ahead and got my pre-order in the moment I saw this article. Um, but yeah, and I but I order all of them, and like I said, Target exclusive. I think they're like twelve bucks a piece, ex- with the exception of that um T'Challa the uh, Chadwick Boseman one, which is like, I believe it's like twenty two ninety nine or something like that. It was in the it was in the twenties for the for that one, which mm-hmm. they knew what they were doing. So. Of course, um, all I can do is nod my head in, in disapproval. <laughs> What of the the whole Funko craze or the of the, the, the of raising price? Yeah, there is that. Yeah, the pricing. Yep. I All right. Agree. And there's some, or there's some other stuff like T-shirts and other stuff to, to yeah. uh, the Funko stuff, but that's the main thing. Next up. Yeah. Next up. Well, this article is a roundup of the uh, Walmart San Diego Comic Con Collector Con 
2022 exclusive. So, um, so this started today with some product drops and continues tomorrow. This is the 21st and 22nd of July. And, you know, you can get a bunch of this stuff. You know, uh, there's Marvel Legends, there's Pop Funko Pops, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You know, if you're into these exclusives, if you're really dying, you can get them online or you can ask someone who's at Comic-Con to try to get it for you. Well, this is uh, Comic-Con adjacent, which means this is mostly online. I don't think I was going to ask our, our, our mutual friend. Uh, right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It is a collector con for Walmart. Right. right? So it's just an online event. I and it's Walmart. No, no, no. <laughs> you're, you're fine. But I mean, but but no, but going on the line, I was actually going, if I did, wasn't going to get something that I actually did pre-order off, I was going to ask them to see if they were going to be there mm-hmm. in some fashion. Uh, because there is, uh, in this article, there's a Transformers uh, Top Gun mashup. And y'all know how Roddy Cat loves his Transformers mashups, Transformers in general, that uh, went up on pre-order this morning. And yes, that was also gotten... <laughs> Roddy uh, Cat is funny. Oh, uh, it's it's, it's what, wait wait, it's wait, wait, wait I'm now I'm looking for the link. I'm like, what is the uh, where is the Top Gun Transformers? It should be Transformers. Uh, was, oh, yeah. Top Gun mashup. All right, yeah, all right, there you I go. See you see it. It. Yeah, I see it. yeah. So it's a Maverick action figure. It's it's basically the uh, the yes. Oh, it's an F A eighteen. I see. It's F A eighteen. That's a tra- that's Transforms. Oh no, it's not an F A eighteen. It's an F fourteen. Excuse me. Oh yeah, it's see the one I just have to look at it carefully. I yeah, don't yeah, know it's the difference. Yeah. And it comes with the Kawasaki motorcycle. That's so funny. And I believe it comes with a volleyball. Does it really? Yes. As a matter of fact, in, in the picture I'm showing up right now, there's volleyball. I don't know if that's if, if that's in there or they just happen to have that, but it looks like it might be in the in the package. That so yeah, and it's got ba- and it's battle worn, so you know. Um that's hysterical. Look forward to that being shown off at a, at a future t- uh, <laughs> when that when that happens to come to me, right? And here and here was Roddy Cat making fun of me when um, the the original about wow, two years ago now the original Top Gun trailer came out that for the for the new version and that 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 initial like the bong I was like oh man all I needed to hear was that and I was hyped. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. And thankfully, the movie was pretty decent. You know, it's like it's nothing to write home about. It was, it was pretty good. I'm still doing good in the box office, though. Also, um, but yeah, it's forty four ninety nine uh, Walmart exclusive. Um, and at the time, uh, the link wasn't up, but I waited around this morning so I could get it. <laughs> Uh, the things we do for for what we want, right? Indeed, but yeah, but this, but going back to the original article, um, yeah, there's some other stuff on here that I didn't really look through because I, I after I got my pre order, I was like, I'm going to pay it. I don't care about this other stuff. I was surprised. If it's something worth of of note, I'll check it out later. But there's some stuff. There's some black, uh, some Star Wars black series stuff, and uh, some Marvel, couple of Marvel Legends, some Funko stuff, you know, exclusive. So anyway, next up. All right. So this article <laughs> has a list of the coolest exclusive toys and collectibles at San Diego Comic Con 2022. So you know, there's a slideshow here. I'm not going to go through all of it, but you can click through this through our show notes. So uh, you know, hopefully you, you'll find something that you might want to uh, try to get. Yeah, that Doctor Mindbender didn't look bad. There's a there's a um um uh, judge of classified Doctor Mindbender. Didn't look yeah. terrible, so but there's some other stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like the the Mattel, the Hot Wheels Ghost Rider is kind of cool. Oh yeah, I was wondering if you saw that. Yeah, that little itty bitty Ghost Rider. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, yeah. like it's, you know, that's something that like I'll I'll, I'll check to see if I can uh, get that at some point. But you know, like a an, a little itty bitty Ghost Rider just kind of like put up on your shelf. You know, I I put away my uh, Marvel Legends Ghost Rider that was on my bookshelf. You yeah. know, it takes up a lot of space. But uh, that but yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um. Well, I think that's the original form of the bat because it wasn't the the bats um, the Battle Stream Troopers blue before they were black, or was that later? I don't. That's animated, I think. Right. I think the animated. I think they were blue. I think they they, they ended up turning them black for the animated also though. But mm. I think originally they were. It's hard to, it's hard to I don't remember. Know. Yeah, I don't remember. But either way, there's there's that. So we you know there's some stuff at, at, in there. Um, last but not least, from surrounding. Well, that was from surrounding San Diego. Hasbro will let you turn yourself into an action figure for sixty bucks. Uh, as part of their selfie series of action figures at Comic Con, um, thanks to a three D printing technology developer and manufacturer's Form Labs, like I said, you can choose from a select number. Oh, excuse me, a select number of attendees will be able to have their likeness scanned and placed onto a fully posable, licensed, and highly detailed Power Rangers, Ghostbuster, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, or Marvel figure. Uh, it says for anybody not be able to make it to, to SDCC, uh, note that uh, Hasbro Selfie Series is currently limited to collectors in the United States and figures won't ship until sometime in the fall. Uh, but it sounds like guess they're gonna do this in some number outside of that but sounds like this is for people who are at the show so maybe our friend matt wayne 97 will get him get, get him a ghostbusters figure maybe or or the the the, the stingray figure he's always wanted <laughs> but with his head on it we shall see next up though all right, so Christina Ricci is DC's next Harley Quinn, and Justin Hartley from uh, This Is Us is Batman in a new podcast. Okay, Billy Magnuson plays the Joker. So this is a scripted podcast uh, titled Harley Quinn and the Joker Sound Mind, and it's just begun production. Okay. It's always funny to hear Justin uh, 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 Hartley. Yeah, just a Hartley as as just this is us because right I, because he's formerly from the Smallville right from Smallville and actually uh, from freaking what Santa Barbara a, a doggone soap opera before that. <laughs> well I was about to say that part I'm not familiar with but I definitely remember I never watched Smallville like that but I right. remember seeing like this this shows you how far back Smallville goes folks I remember seeing I think like the cover of a TV guide. And I was like, oh, snap, they're, they're, they're bringing together some, some members of the Justice League on Smallville, huh? Yeah, that was late in Smallville, because I think I had dropped off of that joint well before then. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about the cover of TV Guide. Folks. Right, I know. Yeah, yeah TV Guide's being a thing. Granted, they're still around, but not in the same form as we used to not have. Not like that. Them. Yeah, so. I remember, I remember uh, uh, asking my parents to get a copy of TV Guide, I'd be rooting through it. And I'd be like, Avengers, what is this? And then being sorely disappointed. Oh, shoot. I remember before, I would go do your own further, going through it uh, post uh, fall Saturday mornings when they would have the, um, when they would have the lineup of the Saturday morning shows. 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it was like, okay, when is the when is the show gonna the preview show for the Saturday morning cartoons gonna show up? Just throwing through there for that any information on what was coming up for on Saturday mornings. Right. I'd just be looking for whether or not there, you know, like what Kung Fu and or what Godzilla movies would be on on Saturdays. <laughs> so, but anyway, oh, TV God, I used to love you. Um, oh, God, was, man, I used to beg. You know, I was like, it was like just a throwaway magazine. You know, it was only good for a week or two. And, you know, it was just something that, like, you had to, you know, like, if you didn't have money on your own, you had to beg for it. Yeah. Unless your parents were, like, big TV watchers and they wanted themselves. Or knew someone with a subscription and be like, hey, let me, let me, let me get that while you, uh, when you, when you use it, when you're not, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, those were the days. Anywho, now, now we got the the TV got on the TV. (laughs) It only goes up to two weeks, but still, which I think TV got on. My head hurts. Yeah, no. It's uh, been a bad. It's been a trying day, folks. <laughs> but too old for this shit. Ooh, I'm dying. Uh, it's been a trying day, indeed. DC reveals new clues about the Flash's Mad Max version, uh, and that's from this week's. Um, well, technically, last or, or a couple of weeks ago's uh, 783, but this week's 784 from the Flash, which is a Dark Crisis tie-in, and apparently, uh, this goes into the next story, which is. Uh, I'll go ahead and do this. Uh, spoil, uh, you want me to, do you want to do it or do you want me to do yeah, it? Yeah, go ahead and do it. Why not? Um, All right. Spoilers. Oh, you're going to do it? Yeah. Uh, spoiler uh, alerts, like yes. I just said, we said, <laughs> um, uh, the Flash family's latest mission quietly confirms the true threat of Dark Cry, uh, Dark Crisis. I was about to say Dark Crisis because of Pariah, but, um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, go back and watch uh, 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 Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, uh, from a couple of years ago that we did, uh, folks. It's um, yeah, we we had much fun at the expense of a character who is I now mean, I back. Know a lot of I know a lot of people love Crisis. Shout out to uh, Marvel Wolfman and of course the late great inimitable George Perez. Absolutely, but you know that Pariah character just like kind of always took me out of out of the story. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe you know, that obviously was... Obviously, I'm reading it with a with a different eye than I exactly. would have back then. That's what I was about to say, because I think, unlike you, I don't think I've read... I've, I've read some of those Crises back in, back in the day, but I wasn't that big of a DC head anyway, and I don't think I read Infinite Crisis, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, mm-hmm. originally at the time until, like, later. So coming right. back to it uh, in 2020 eyes, <laughs> with 2020 eyes, was, was an amazing thing, folks. Let me right. tell you. And I was coming to it mostly fresh. Right. You know, only being familiar with some of the concepts. And I was like, what is this pariah character? And why Why is he important? And why is he so annoying? And and currently, why is he back? <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 But um, anyway, um, so Flash 784, which like I said, came out this week. Um, apparently, Dark Crisis is still going. And uh, the, the Flash family is uh, multiversal hopping, I guess, looking for Barry Allen. Or, or I guess... I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with what the hell is going on in this thing, but they 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 come across what the big the the actual big threat is, whatever that might be. So if you're up on Dark Crisis, which I don't think anyone, I don't know if anyone on the uh, is written because I haven't heard anyone say anything about it that, uh, of our panel. Uh, so that's interesting. I don't know. I I I want to say dirt mentioned that he would try to keep up with it just out of mm. you know, force of habit and or you know 
Jesus. You know, despite the fact that every previous crisis or crises, all the previous crises since the first one have been disappointing to him. Right. So, yeah, he's he's kind of like me with like a contest of champion. If if you hear hear tell one of them, you gotta find out what's going on in that joint, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, so that's that, and I don't know. Maybe we'll, one of us will catch up, and and or we'll get some more on that at some point. Doesn't seem to be a non-starter, regardless of what it is. Um. Next up, though. Dark Crisis Young Justice number two by writer Megan Fitzmartin and artist Laura Braga introduces a different variant of one of the team's main members. Oh, goodness. So introduce a different kind of Wonder Girl to the team. And that's the story. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Son of Kal-El writer promises Superman reunion this fall. So um, father and son reunite in Superman, Son of Kal-El, according to Tom Taylor. So he says on, announced on Twitter that Clark Kent uh, Kalo will return to the title in October 2022, Son of Kalo number 16, um, with uh, issues cover by Travis Moore, colorist Tamara Bonvilling, uh, depicting Clark and the Sun, John flying through the city in celebration. Um, Clark has been, even though we have seen Clark in in and around the universe, he's been apparently fighting Mongol in action comics. Uh, yeah, this whole time, mm-hmm. leaving John as the the main Superman, and I know people have had issues with that because of their stupidity, <laughs> mainly. But I'm sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, no, that's that's my understanding is that uh, Jonathan is on Earth, right? So yeah, but uh, Clark will be back uh, in uh, in October. So right, you knew he would be eventually, exactly. Plus that whole thing with the Justice League, which we don't know what the time frame of that them being "quote unquote" dead during because of dark crisis or whatever. Because who knows what the what the hell, man. Anyway, next up, uh, DC. Speaking of Superman, D, um, uh, Christopher Reed's Man of Steel is returning to comics in DC's uh, Superman seventy eight sequel. Um, so yeah, I guess that uh, Superman seventy eight thing must have done good for them. It was not a bad story. Um, so if you folks didn't know, it was a story set in the world of the uh, first Superman movie, a.k.a. Uh, Superman 78, uh, with uh, Christopher Reeve. And uh, I, from what I remember from that story, it was um, uh, Brainiac-centric, actually, which wasn't a thing from the original uh, Superman movie. But like I said, it was a story that was set in the world and um, adding some DC touches, some comic book DC touches to it. Like I said, it's not a bad series, but now they're doing a volume two of it. And, um, um, and apparently this was a stealth announcement from the hardcover of the, the first volume. So interesting. Next up. Alan Grant. I get the sad, you know, uh, uh, you actually took two back to back. So I got the sad story. Alan Grant. Batman and Judge Dredd writer has passed away at the age of 73. The Scottish comics writer, best known for his work on 2000 AD and Batman, has passed away. Um, his wife Susan announced his passing on Facebook. Um, he began his work in the comic industry in 1967 when he became an editor for DC, Thompson. Uh, so this is all British stuff. Once he got to the U.S., Batman would take up most of his attention. But even then, Dredd, Judge Dredd, the character that he worked on uh, throughout the 70s, uh, would creep back in with Grant 
penning the Batman Judge Dread crossover comics that were published by DC in the 1990s. I remember that. During his time on the Batman titles in the 80s and 90s, Alan Grant co-created Anarchy, Victor Zaz, and the, Ventri- and the Ventriloquist. Okay. Another Grant co-creation, Ratcatcher, played a role in the Suicide Squad film. Oh, okay. There you go. That's probably the one. Well, I mean, a couple of those names I knew, but I didn't know mm-hmm. too much about that. Uh, okay. So, um, condolences to his family. Uh, yes. Boop. Big Red's in the mood for romance with October's Hellboy in love. Uh, so, the creative team of the Hellboy Bones and Giants, uh, that would be Mike M- M- Mignola, Christopher Golden, and Matt Smith, return with Hellboy in Love, a five-issue limited series starting in October. October 12th, to be specific, of 2022. Joining the team will be Chris O'Halloran, um, who, who I know from the Time Before Time book, and on colors, and Clem Robbins on letters. Um, the series will shine a spotlight on the mentioned romance between Hellboy and Dr. Anastasia Bransfield, who was introduced as Big Red's ex-girlfriend in Golden's 1997 novel, Hellboy, The Lost Army. And it goes on, uh, from there talking about, uh, things. Next up. So from, uh, in solicitation news from, uh, coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, Sweetie Candy Vigilante from Suzanne Caniero and John Caniero is getting the comic book treatment at Dynamite Entertainment. So, uh, you know, you'll see this comic coming out. Uh, Sweetie Candy Vigilante number one is scheduled to arrive in October of 2022. Okay. Yeah. Uh, think Harley Quinn-esque. Uh, and I think this article even says as much uh, according mm-hmm. to the description from Dynamite. So, yeah, go figure on that one. Uh, Evanescence is giving away concert tickets to promote their comic debut. Wow. So you can wake them up inside with, uh, anyway. Um, Rock band Evanescence and Opus Comics are giving fans an opportunity to score complimentary tickets to see Evanescence and Korn this summer ahead of the band's first official comic. Uh, this is, uh, from CBR... Apparently, let's see, this is Evanescence's Echoes from the Void number one comic, which arrives in uh, August. To qualify for the tickets, fan must, fans must pre-order said book at their local comic book shop or retailer before July 26th, with, 25th, excuse me, which is only a couple of days from this recording. So mm-hmm. good luck with that if you're an Evanescence fan and are interested in this. Um, they're really trying to take advantage of F- FOC, huh? Um, yeah. So, which, hey, you know, I guess you got to do what you got to do. Hey, man, you know, like, you know, all all I can think of is I'm so tired of being here. The only song I know from Evanescence is the one I mentioned. So, right. This is the second song I think that everyone knows from Evanescence. I think that was the first line. Gotcha. So you you have already uh, got me on that one. Uh, We exhausted our Evanescence knowledge. Yes, pretty much. Uh, winning retailers will also Amy, receive. I was about to say, but the lead singer Amy Lee can really sing. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that much is, has been has been made apparent. Uh, let's see. I think she shows up in some video game recently called, um, uh, which is metal inspired, of course. So, and I think she's a uh, she does uh, some vocals on some song on songs on that thing. So, hey, if you you know, there you go. 
I think that's her. I'm not sure. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. Either way, uh, winning retailers will also receive uh, additional prizes such as comics pins and uh, art pins. Uh, then this goes on about the tour with uh, them and Corn, and it says here that Echoes from the Void is a new fantasy anthology series based on Evanescence's songs. Uh, the first issue is written by Carrie Lee South and features uh, art by Kelly McKiernan. And uh, then it goes into the synopsis from there. So if any of that sounds uh, sounds good to you, go for it. If, if anything, it's probably going to be a collector's item for however long it lasts. For those who like Evanescence. Um, that's actually it for the news, but I wanted to bring up this, uh, this last bit that is in the variant cover. Uh, I just opened this. Uh-huh. For the you want to do it? Of number 58. Go for it. Do it. Sure. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so. This is a pull. Yeah, no. This, <laughs> you got to be of a certain vintage to get mm-hmm. this one. Bo Jackson is joining Earth's Mightiest Heroes on a limited edition variant cover for this week's Avengers number 58. Hustle announced Jackson, uh, a professional athlete who was named an all-star in both baseball and football in the 90s and the late 80s, will fight alongside the Avengers in in an exclusive Avengers number 58 variant cover. The variant is available to purchase at thehall.com as a limited edition of 3000. It features artwork created by Todd Nock. So, um, yeah, this is a callback. Listen, I had the, the, the Bo Jackson cross trainers, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, the ones that had the, the X on them is like kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, no, no, I no, I'm, I'm thinking of a, a different pair of sneakers, but I had a pair of the, the, the Bo Jackson cross trainers that had the number 34 on the back in black and gray, uh, the Raiders colors. I had that. In right. high school, I love those sneakers. Those are some awesome sneakers. <laughs> Do you remember Sports Stars? Oh, Pro Stars. Cart- excuse me. Pro Stars, the cartoon or the yeah, comic? Yeah, the cartoon. I kind of remember. I think they did make it into a comic too. Also, didn't it? It's the same. It's basically the same premise. It's Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and Bo Jackson, or all together as, uh, as right. superheroes. Like, this is how far back this goes. Like, I don't know how many people would even know Bo Jackson, but apparently Bo knows Avengers now. <laughs> apparently. I remember Pro Star's cartoon, because I remember, again, like I said, I watched a lot of cartoons, and I'm old, because it was an old, uh, it was an 80s cartoon, and stuff like right. that was big. Right, exactly. And as a sports ball person, as Roddy Cat would so put it yes. aptly, <laughs> I, I obviously was very familiar with Bo Jackson growing up. And, um, you know, and obviously I was I was a fan of his shoe. And, of course, I saw his um, the commercial where, you know, with Bo Diddley and and all the other sports stars who said Bo knows Mm -hmm. hockey, Bo knows basketball. You know, I think I think when it went to hockey, Wayne Gretzky said no, no. Yeah, sometimes there was a Bo doesn't know X, Y, you know, X thing. Right, 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 right. (laughs) So. Bono's so, yeah. running. Oh, it was, it was it was great, great times, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so this was I saw this and like this was a weird pull for for a variant cover. Like, who would even know this outside of unless you're of a certain finch like us? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so as yeah, but it's also an exclusive, limited to three thousand. So they're right. counting on the fact that these people of our vintage are going to have a little extra 
cash laying around right. to pay for something you know that's exclusive like that with the, you know of a certain uh, release number. So is this a, um cause I, no this isn't I thought this was a, a Heroes Initiative uh, thing but it doesn't appear to be no cash. no it's yeah. just a variant it's just yeah. a you know for for profit right I did see one that was and I forgot to put that in the the lineup but it was a pretty cool variant but anyway that folks is the the end of the news. And that is the end of the show. Let's hit up one more ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Funko Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as their custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks. That's it for this here show. We'll be back next week with more San Diego Comic-Con Fallout. I mean, goodness. Because believe me, folks, I have already have a bunch of stuff lined up already um, in, in, in a bunch of tabs. So you will be subjected to it. Hopefully there's some really good stuff. And hopefully like I said, by that time, we'll see some really uh, choice announcements, let's say, coming out of the show. Whether that Henry Cavill thing shows up to be any truth to it, we don't know. But we'll find out. Uh, that being said, uh, I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet uh, on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and, and all his umbrella sites therein. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, the Osiris of this ish. Uh, you can also find him on CB Cron, which is the Combo Chronicles uh, Twitter account, which we should probably try to get a hold of. Um, mm. The Click Nation uh, on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T L I O N, all one word, at theclicknation.com. Uh, and also, of course, most regularly, you can find him over at comicbook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on Coastal of the Podcast Network, that's CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find this here podcast on your podcast place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the, or the Coastal, uh, the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you're going to find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the uh, YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash the Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Uh, of course, you know, if you go to, go to Spotify or any other of those places, give us five stars like Agent Seven was, yeah, was bound to Yeah, click about to like say. and subscribe. That's what we need. We need likes and subscribes and good reviews. Five stars. Yes. None of that. Five stars. I hate this program. Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, no. you know, do the five stars. Just don't do the other thing. You know, if you, you know. Just saying. All right, folks. Like I said, we will be back uh, next week with more shenanigans. Uh, 
and I don't know what else, what's coming out of this thing. But uh, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Wakanda forever! Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your